Freedom song, freedom song, I got to sing my freedom song. I love my people, oh, I love us. Looking for a holiday gift that gives back this season? Check out the new Ferguson Response Holiday Guide, a listing of verified gift ideas and donation links, benefiting organizers and organizations working hard in the movement for black lives. Got that cousin who would love an Asada taught me hoodie? Or that geeky sister that could use a black girl's code t-shirt? All that and more are included in the guide. How about that aunt who prefers to have donations made in her name? We have a long list of organizers to support, like Ryan Brown, a college senior who organizes on her campus as well as in her hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Ryan was one of the protesters who interrupted Hillary Clinton this summer, demanding Secretary Clinton stop accepting campaign donations from the private prison industry. As a first-generation college student, Ryan is determined to get her degree while staying true to her principles. Wouldn't Antonise love to know that she helped Ryan buy her school books this semester? Visit FergusonResponseHolidayGuide.com for all of your movement-minded gift-giving needs. Again, FergusonResponseHolidayGuide.com. And now, let's get to the Interracial John podcast. We are, though. I hope you appreciate it, John. Yes. Sounds coming in five by five. Five by five. Uh, Welcome to the Interracial Drone Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Mack, and I'm joined, as always, by this very enthusiastic intro. Thank you for that. That really warms my heart. Very Mm -hmm. light guy. Thank you. And you're very white indeed. Mm, I try. (laughs) Yes. You do try, don't Uh, you? You know, maybe... Like I've said before, sometimes I amp it up, sometimes I don't. I was just telling a friend the other day, like, I'm not proud of this, but, like, I can use, like, you know, like, male and, and white tools and various, like, in arguments and shit. Like, it just comes so naturally to me after 40 years of having success leveraging my male and whiteness to, like, you know, my own benefit. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Like, I can go in a boardroom and be like, God, you know, damn it, the fucking, what the fuck, I'm yeah. Like, oh, whatever you say, Drew, all right, no problem. He's re- a man of his conviction. Oh, what a great guy. Like, yes. whereas you come in and be like, that black angry bitch, what does she that think she's doing? That black bitch, yeah. what the fuck is exactly. wrong with her? So, like, we all know there's, like, differences, but, like, uh, I was telling the story about the fuck up at the restaurant where I like didn't mean to, but I got all like angry white guy because they fucked our food up. Right. And I just, like, I'm on the phone. I'm like, you know, we were there. And I was mad because it was like a first time we've been to this restaurant. It was brand new. They hadn't like had only like a week of service. Like you sh- I understand it should be more forgiving. But in my mind I was like, well, you shouldn't be fucking shit up like week one. Like, it was empty. <laughs> the there was like too. 25 people working there and like four customers. Yeah, that was the big issue. But so I got all like angry white guy. And when I walked into the restaurant, it was still fucking empty. And uh, they knew it was me, right? Like, you know, big dude. Like he was here. Like, he knew the order. Like I got all angry white guy. I walk in. I didn't even have to say a word. I like put my hands out and I gave the like... <sighs> Like, like, like the most like tisk tisking, like, like just like disappointed white dude look I could give, like just exasperated, like, Ugh. and he's like, oh, here you go. I put some free cannolis in there and uh, I gave you another one of these. <laughs> Them cannolis was good. But I didn't say a word, dude. I didn't say a word. Whatever. So, so I can be more very white and I'm not trying to be, but I don't know. You're very white guy. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. Long time. We shouldn't have left you. Left you. 
So it has been a long has time. It been, it's been like two weeks? Not quite two weeks, but but more than a week, which we don't like to do to our illustrious 13 fans. And shout <laughs> the, out to the, all of you. The dozens the of you out there. The Baker's dozen. You know, they're, 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 they're salivating. They're sitting at their, their computers and <laughs> their smartphones. the John just, just going to counting down the moments like, oh my God, it's you. Oh my God, 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 oh my God. <laughs> Fanboys. <But>, yeah. So, <laughs> um... Just in case this is your first time listening to us and you're number 14, welcome. <laughs> um, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Just search Interracial John. That's J-A-W-N. Or you can go to our website at interracialjohn.com. And please do subscribe, especially on iTunes. It helps us with our numbers and letting more people see our show so maybe we can get to 20 listeners. It'll be <laughs> awesome. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr at Interracial John. That's J-A-W-N and we love feedback. We do. And you can leave us feedback in a number of ways. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and if it's five stars, we will read it here on the air. Ding. You can email us, uh, which you can just send to Interracial John, again, J-A-W-N at gmail.com and... You can leave us a voicemail. Super easy. Just dial 657-JOHNERS. That's 657-J-A-W-N-E-R-S. And if it's under three minutes and not crazy, we'll play it on the air. <laughs> I love the caveat. It's got to be under three minutes and not fucking just ludicrous. It's yes. got to be something. Like, Coherence. You know, I'm not, not going to play a, like a message of you like cussing me out and shit. I know. You know? I'm sure like that would be something of interest. I don't know. but Definitely not. And <laughs> shout out to Rod and Karen from The Black Guy Who Tips for our general feedback the Podfather. Pod mother. Yes, the pod father and the queen of all podcasts. So you, like you did mention uh, reviews. We got some feedback this week to go through. So we, do. we have a review. Uh-oh. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, it's happened. Again. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. I jumped us. The timing. No rhythm right He's on the fucking ones and sevens. Yeah, you you are not good at that. <laughs> the twos and fours. That might be a good thing to have your brother record when he visits. <laughs> the music. Yeah. So we do have a five star review from uh, M. S Lady 06 Ooh. on iTunes. MS Lady 06 says, awesome, pod- awesome podcast. Five stars. Leslie and Drew bring the knowledge, emotion, and the fun to their show. They have great perspectives on current events, race and racism, and cultural awareness. The sound effects are my favorite. Oh, oh. Did she just say no! the sound effects are my favorite? No! The sound effects are my favorite. Not the, the sound, sound effects. effects are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, please. That is me. That's all fucking me. I run that fucking shit, dude. <laughs> That's the, the jingle palette. <laughs> Shout out to Ricky from the AUA oh podcast, AUA Hope, for turning me on to the open source and free sound effects board called the Jingle Palette. Jingle Palette, if you don't know. But I'll finish this through because I, I got the okay with The sound effects are my favorite. 
I love this couple and their show. You will too. Well, thank you. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. And we got in particular the sound effects. I'm touched. Yeah, you <laughs> I are. I don't have many. You're responsi- touched, all right. I don't have many responsibilities the on the show. And someone commented <laughs> on the only, one responsibility. Yeah, it took like 18 someone reviews, but <laughs> God damn it, people like me. They really like me. 73 episodes and 18 they reviews love me. later. They really love my Somebody sound likes effects. Drews. Sound effects. Well, good on good on you for that. <laughs> um, so we do have two emails. Uh, right. The first comes from Uppity Panthro, um, aka Bottom Line Up Front, aka at BLU Up Front, and he says the subject line is "White Ghost Privilege." <laughs> I just, I got. First of all, he. <laughs> Make me laugh because you and I recorded this episode, and you just like this last episode, you were killing me with the fucking ghost shit, and like you were really like busting my balls about. Yes, it. Yes, because it's ridiculous. I, I you said, like dismiss. I got you. I got you. And we, we upload this show, and we're not all into the like you know like this or that. Like we just we record the show, like you upload it, and then we go like watch TV. It's not generally like a big, that's yeah, it's not like a yeah, big ass deal, right? So. I don't say like right away, but like I'm mocking that like people are like waiting for the show. But I know him on Twitter. He's a tweet. I follow him and we you know, engage a bit. He must have got the show right away because it was that night. Right? Yeah. It wasn't like the next day. It was yeah. like we uploaded it like whatever time. And within like a couple of hours, he sends like a like a, a tweet that was like a bunch of crying emojis. There was like Drew White splaining the ghost. Is the, <laughs> is the, like, like the whitest thing he's ever done. He was so moved that he wrote an email about it. So again, his subject is White Ghost Privilege. He says, at Very White Guy, pushing back on that Leslie Max paranormal theories may be the whitest thing in podcast history. Oh, come on. That's, the, that's setting the bar high. Mm, if he is ever in a scary movie somebody better pull his ally card or he will get them all killed uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like at the fucking uh, Camp Crystal Lake yeah, like, nah, get white oh get it's not a ghost guy. what are you guys talking no about ghost, no ghost Let's come on scary dark barn it'll be, be cool stupid. Um, he goes on to say, love the show. Great insight. Brilliant conversation. It has a perfect blend of righteous indignation and objection and an actionable path to solutions for complex issues. A thinking, compassionate person's podcast. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That's I'm responsible nice. for the righteous, righteous indignation. So thank you for mentioning it. That's my righteous area of indignation. expertise. I'm, I'm sound effects in your righteous yes, indignation. Yes. Well, my indignation can't be righteous if it's no, not racist. No, it can't be. No. But yours is. Mine is very righteous. <laughs> um, and so we got another email. I still can't get over him fucking killing it. I, I should say him. I, I assume it's a, a, a him. I don't know uh, his preferred gender You can gender just pronoun. say they. And they you're, you're right. Uh, Uppity Panthro uh, is killing me with the ghost privilege because you just haven't given it up. No. And like, like, every, cause I, I don't think, I don't every think fucking night something happens. I'm like, there he goes. Uh, you done named this. Let, let's, let's really call a thing a thing. The very white guy has named said non-existent ghost, Joffrey. Because he's nice. He's like, Who a, he's like, a, he's he's nice? like a butler. He's like, oh, I'm Joffrey. Like, is he? Is I'm he a butler? Or is he torturing your, your black I'm not, wife I'm not, at night? I'm not shaking off your, your cupboards. And All right, dude. Make him bump in the night. Okay. Well, we got a second email. This one is from uh, at Outstanding WC, a.k.a. PMO. She says, subject line, hey, y'all. Uh, I, I've got no real questions or comments. Just wanted to say, Hey, and I'm happy to hear y'all are recording a new episode on second thought. I do have questions. <laughs> Did you catch all the brouhaha over Aisha Curry's tweet about preferring to dress modestly and cover up her goodies and how all these ashy fuck boys are using her tweet to say some God awful massage noir bullshit. Ugh. take care. 
Uh, you know, and I, I. So yes, we have heard of the. We have, and just shout out to Outstanding WC. That's her. Uh, they're at uh, on Twitter, yep. uh, and and I don't know if I've talked about this on the show or even with anybody, but they're um, on Twitter. They're Avi, and their background is Warriors. Nice, I love it. Dude. Well, you were just doing that play. like the other night um, on the street, not much to my chagrin. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's the white guy. That's the white guy. Uh, but we did catch it. Yeah, well, and actually, we were going to talk about it a little bit, just like touch on a few things about it because we listened to the Black Eyed Tips this morning live. And they talked about it pretty much in depth. So I wasn't going to really like talk. We weren't going to talk about too, too much into it. But I will say it has been definitely I found the the opportunity that said, how did she refer to them? Ashy fuck boys have jumped on to like be like, oh, yeah, look, we could use this as a way to denigrate women. Well, and, and I think, you know, and I. It, when I when I got up this morning, I was up pretty early. I was like forty thousand tweets about. He <laughs> said, "Curry, what the fuck is that?" Like literally, like all of my time, I'm seeing these references to you know Steph Curry's wife. I'm like, what? I gotta figure out what was said and what was here and go there. And I I didn't find the tweet even like I don't say like remotely objectionable. Like I didn't think, and I, I guess there was maybe a little bit of hidden like shade in it. Like you know, I'm better than you, but like it was like me. I prefer this, not like all women should do that. But it was weird. Like a bunch of women came with the like. I'll, not women, like, you know, but some women, some tweeters were like, you know, who are you? F you, however I want. You know, you're trying to like shame people and here's pictures of you wearing this. Is this covered up? Like, it was just kind of weird. Like, well, I don't know. Well, I think that there were two things going on. One is I think it's an interesting like discussion that can be had, like, and a respectful one at that, at, at some of the phrasing that she used. I think Feminista Jones tweeted about this, this use of the word goodies. Um, it turns women and their, and their body parts Prizes. into yeah. commodities yeah. to be purchased. Purchased and Interesting. just this kind of I, I think that you can have a great discussion about that. I think that there's something there. I think that you can have a respectability discussion. I think there's a discussion about like how serious should we take Aisha Curry's that, that tweets. Was kind of my so thought. there's a discussion there as well. I mean, she just was like from the narrative of what she wrote, she threw some shade. No, no, there's no getting around that. But I also think she was reading a fashion magazine that probably had some scantily clad women. And she responded about herself and what she decides to do now. Well, and, and, but that's a whole separate issue from the, as, as, uh, Pia mentions the ashy fuck boy, um, version of this. And I actually interacted with one, one of said ashy fuck boys just a few minutes ago who tweeted out and I'll, I'll, I'll say, um, since he's been so prolific uh, on public, here. Sure, he has a Phil Mason at Quail, Q-U-A-I-L-M-A-N underscore who said, I'd rather young women strive to be like Aisha Curry instead of Beyonce who has to sexualize and degrade herself just for record sales. So I just responded. Why does Beyonce get, what does she have to do with none of this? None of this. Just another Was Beyonce's excuse. name even on somebody's nope. lips? Nope. I, I, mm. Second, uh, uh, my response was, and we would rather you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'd rather young women be So, you. Phil, that's what I'd rather. If we're, shut up. If we're talking about what we'd rather, I'd rather you shut the fuck up. Because nobody gives a shit about what you think and have to say about what young women do. So there's that. Um and that also led to an idea I had because Rod um, on TBGWT mentioned that Sunday morning black Twitter is like crazy crunk and people be going all sorts of just like left with shit, like taking things too seriously, taking things not seriously enough, just like it's all kinds of fucked up. And so mm. I had this idea for a black Twitter. Well, and, and, you know, Rod, Rod's point, though, that it was Sunday. Yes. Yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. yeah sun, yeah. That's what I just said. Sunday right. morning. So my my thought process was what if we had a black Twitter timeout process, right? So, like, you know how you can, like, report something for, like, abuse or spam or whatever? So, you can report it to Black Twitter for a Black Twitter violation. 
We could have a couple of different <laughs> categories like massage noir. We could just be like dummy. We could have ashy fuck boy. We could have all and sorts what would of be categories. The, what, would be the respond, what would be the action? So that here's happens. what it is. It gets put up and black. Those of us that are part of black Twitter get to either retweet <laughs> for yes, it's a violation or fave for it's not a violation. And whichever one wins after a certain amount of time, the person's penalty is to be unable to tweet about black things <laughs> for a specific period of time. So that's why we call a black Twitter timeout. So it's not like, you know, you could tweet, tweet about white shit, tweet about sure. whatever, but you can't tweet about black shit. You have got your black Twitter car pulled for the next eight fucking hours because you fucked up. Those, I'm saying like you know like this is like very tangential. Like Twitter doesn't do shit about trolls and yes, other things. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah, the the ability to do that. I have a a really you know so like the company I work for is like I wouldn't say cheap. <laughs> like we don't spend the money on stuff, right? And so the the who inter- does these uh, days yeah, really fair fair fair. But so the interface we have for um, some of these events that I do with chatting. Uh, is really it, we paid one time license, not a lot, and you got to host it. Like you, you got to do it on like Amazon Cloud because like chat takes up a dump load of fucking server space. But anyway, it on the admin side, and again, I'm talking like a like a couple hundred dollar piece of software. I can have banned words, banned like things, URLs. I can have in a two or three different banning systems that the users can initiate. Like you right click and say like vote to ban, and if so many people vote, and like I as the admin set the limit right as either a percentage or a total number, and in what amount of time and if the vote is successful to ban that person they get banned and then i can say ban them for 10 minutes 20 minutes do like an ip like hell right. ban like it, it well i mean no one's ever said that twitter doesn't have the capability no i'm, to do I'm not saying things. that i'm saying that, that that shit's already out there and easy yeah, to implement but i was really talking more of like i'm yeah. saying maybe you could get a twitter robot that would like make a, a mute but we list couldn't good. stop people from tweeting about no, black you shit. couldn't stop but it would be funny for all of us to have the ability to be like nope black card you're, you're banned. done you're banned you get in a card now. That's it. Who would you? Who'd be the first uh, on the list of people banned? Tariq Nasheed, obviously. Oh, I guess is the is the right word. Hotep is that a wrong? Is that a bad word? What's the? I don't understand enough. I about say it. no tap just to be clear about who I'm speaking. Okay, about. so if you want to use that, that's probably. Fine. I, I don't, and I, I don't want to use it. But that's the group. You're, he's like yes. the, he's like in charge of. I'm he's like of. king of the no taps. Okay, yeah, they'd be a lot of bands. They they would never tweet again about black shit. Quite <laughs> frankly, like they would be on constant because I feel like you'd put in stuff like like go oh, after ten violations, like <laughs> you know all your tweets have to be approved by like X number of black people before they can be put on to the Twitter. I, it would be good. It would be good. We'd just be creating all sorts of like great rules. I and, wish, and, and I again, wish you could have that on all Twitter, dude. Yeah, well, not really. No, because it really there could be like you see sometimes like there's different types of trolls and like before I used to engage everyone like ah oh, fuck you and blah, blah, blah. I have a different approach. I'll go to a trolls timeline and if you see like the person trolling in the exact same way for like 400 tweets like nothing but like at this person or another right. person over and over and over again with like that's a lie that's a lie that's a lie like just like that that's not even worth like two cents and that that could be, be nice to block like if you've tweeted the same thing to like 15, 15 different people, people individually yeah like you're done you're done you can't tweet you're that done, anymore though. um so yeah so we did have thanksgiving in the since the last episode and the reason why we haven't had an episode is because we were in cleveland for a year without tamir we had a couple of days here for thanksgiving with um your family and then um I left on Black Friday to head to Minneapolis for almost a week to um, work with the Black Lives Matter crew there. So, and the fourth precinct shut down. Yes, and actions, all, the, the all everything that's everything included. Yeah, and even in you're being you're being nice, and I, I try not to like because I feel like when I talk about it, I don't want to make you feel guilty. That's not my intent, and I don't want to be like centering like me as an individual. But I do. I, I, I am selfishly wanting. 
um, your time and podcasting and our time together because you've been you've been busy. Like it was uh, the year without Tamir was a good week of, of prep and, and going, and it was like wasn't just going like you were running things like part of the you know the events that weekend were your responsibility. So yep. there was a lot of work to be done just on the ground, like moving parts, things, and it was like all day every day. There wasn't a whole lot of like you know fun resting downtime. You nope. know, like when the when the actions and events for a day ended, you were working on the things for the next day, like right. until midnight, one in the morning. Yeah. So it was it wasn't just a week of like you know being in Cleveland. It was a week of you know coordinating and being you know highly active in Cleveland. And we came home Tuesday, I think at like eleven o'clock at night, and we slept until maybe ten the next day. And so that's Wednesday and you were gone within 48 hours. And in that 48 hours, we had my family over and you were cooking Thanksgiving. So it really was a, like, I I didn't get to see much of you at all. uh, Even in the 48 hours you were here. No, it was definitely not. Because I'm I'm trying to entertain my family. Yeah, I mean, we certainly hadn't anticipated the trip to Minneapolis, hadn't anticipated Jamar's killing, hadn't anticipated the um, occupation of the precinct and the need for help there. So, Mm. um, you know, it is what it is. I got the call to, to about. I was asked to come. Um, I'm, I'm, by I'm, one I'm, of the leaders I'm, there, I'm and sometimes, and I can't, I can't always answer. But this particular individual, you know, I I'm very close with her, and um, she really needed help. So I I felt that it was important for me to go. So and like um, I said, I'm just really pleased that that you know you're we are able to to have you go. And I think there's even uh, some folks that helped uh, donate for your lots airfare of folks. And, and I'm going to actually you know, be writing a blog post about my experiences there and and um, making that available to all of those folks because it really I couldn't have gone. We did not plan for this trip monetarily, so I really had to reach out and ask for donations to fund my travel there, my housing, um, and just my general cost for being on the ground. So I really appreciate all of those folks um, taking the time out and, and sending um, some gave huge amounts and some gave small and all of them um, allowed me to actually go and do this work for, for that time so it was really yeah, important thank, you to, to thank you all to and, all of you who donated I really appreciated it um, so the, the highlight of uh, family Thanksgiving might have been my mother and uh, I, I can say this really because I don't think she listens to the show <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a friend of ours like a, like a relative like my aunt or cousin does but um, my mom doesn't listen to that but so she was here and I don't exactly the context, but we were talking about action and like what you do and don't do and like what's the purpose of an action. And then like, you know, in the discussion about that, I said something like, well, you know, the, the point of an action isn't to like just disrupt and fuck shit up. Like that's not the only point. Right. And she turns around right away. She goes, I want to fuck shit up. She goes, but I want to fuck shit I up. I want to fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know why. Like I kind of like, we didn't like mock her, but my brother is a little bit like some, my younger brother and my mom have a, a, a very, very close relationship. He, he can be like almost downright mean to yeah, her. Yeah, he mocks her. He pretty, mocks her. Like does an impression and everything. It's so, pretty hilarious. His impression's so bad. So funny. It's so mean, but it cracks me the fuck <laughs> up, dude. So there was so a- So the whole cool, weekend he was going on, I want to fuck things up. I want to fuck shit up. I want to fuck shit up. It was pretty funny. Well, but better still is he, he's been doing- Pre two four for about fourteen plus years yeah. from our Since wedding. We got married. Our yeah. wedding in Jamaica. Mom was there, and uh, it's Jamaica. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and there was a, a quote from Mom, and the quote was, "I, I did, did a drag. drag. I did a drag. I did a drag. I did a drag." So my brother just again like, "Oh my god, I did a drag. I did a drag." Is this like great impersonation? And now it's, "I did a drag. I want to fuck shit up. I did a drag. I want to fuck shit up." It's like all week fucking long. It was cracking me up. Hilarious. <laughs> so Hilaire. shout out to my younger brother. Yes. Ding. And to mom, we love you. Yes, it was we a tease good, you, but it was we, great. I, I, I was sad I had to leave and didn't get to spend the full time with you. And, guys, I, and I, I, you know, I, I, I think I, I referenced this a little bit as we were talking, but um, 
mom has been given the best gifts, just so thoughtful. Mm. And so like, and like me, I don't really care about like a gift, like how much it costs or like, is it something I really wanted or didn't want? Like to me, a gift is more like, was the person thinking about me and of me? And was I in their mind at the time they bought the gift? And was that like, Evident from the gift that they gave. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, and the, and like for, the appropriateness of it. Like the like did it really yeah. did it really speak to me? Like you know the cost isn't there, but I was like, oh, they were like thinking of me when yeah, they got yeah, this yeah. thing. Yeah. So so she gave me a birthday gift, which was a, a really dope kaleidoscope. That sounds weird, but like she knows I love like desk toys and things on my desk and stuff. And it's it's gorgeous. It's like a piece of art, and it it makes anything into a kaleidoscope. It's got like an etched piece of glass. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this here? I I'll have it right now. Okay, let me see. It, uh, so it's it's not a traditional kaleidoscope. Oh, you don't. It doesn't have sweet. paper. Put it on like the dog or something. Move no, it. Or- I just put it on the computer. It's freaking sweet <laughs> as hell. Yeah. So it's got a, a mirrored thing on the end that makes everything you look at into a kaleidoscope through the thing you're viewing. Yo. And then like the piece of the kaleidoscope itself is a glass tube with like a wood inlay. It's like a very attractive. This is so disc. dope. Isn't that a cool ass gift? Yo, this is super dope. So I was like, Dang. I wish you could take pictures. I know. I think right? you might be able to. Like I tried getting the camera right up on it. That'd be a sweet image is a picture of the but I'm saying like they should make one with a camera I think you can get your Whoever phone up makes pretty close it. yeah it's fucking sweet uh, it's an artist that's it's like an a, amazing it's gift a, it's a piece of art so it's, and it's so like you I know that's what I thought she'd been doing this one of them so then while you were gone and while she was here we were all sitting around drinking and stuff and we it was cold so I went to light a fire and uh, I struggled I couldn't get the fire lit well because I had the wood from outside right oh, it was so probably wet and it was all wet and shit and uh, ultimately, I went and just got like a Duraflame log, you know, at the grocery store. What you should have done in the first yeah. place. And then threw like, you know, outdoor wood on top of it sure. to have like a, a nice roaring fire. fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, so mom saw me struggling to light the fire. And then like two days after she left comes a box from like L.L. Bean of this like kick ass, like, you know, like fat wood, like to start your own fire. Like it's wood that's soaked in like wax or something. And it's got, Smells a, good it's got a beautiful uh, smell. So the she, box is pretty. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 if I'm going to be making fun of mom's uh, wanting to fuck shit up, she's been doing awesome. I want to fuck things up. <laughs> she's been giving great gifts. I want to fuck shit up. I've really enjoyed her time and uh, spending time with her. So uh, again, so Thanksgiving weekend and then you left uh, mm-hmm. and I was to my own devices and yes. uh, spent quite a bit of time hanging out with uh, my boy. Dr. Miss Smoothestad. Dr. Miss Smoothestad. Himself. And uh, he is my best Be friend. Pontiff. You know, been friends for longer than you and I have known each other and been yeah. married. And uh, he did uh, help me out with some things uh, I can't talk about. Secret <laughs> things. Uh, but very important things. Secret. You know what I'm talking about. I can't say on the air though. But uh, so he's, he's uh, like, he's not just a friend. Like this is somebody I'm like, in like serious relationship with and like I think him as a brother. Yeah. So you Me know, too. He, he's he's not free of problematic stuff. Like like, like most brothers. Like most brothers. <laughs> like like I'll, I'll, I'm not going to try and put all his stuff on the street but mm. like when we first moved into town and we're talking about stuff there was a conversation I had with him and uh, our other friend uh, Tyler and a few other people It was like listen this is you know this may be different to you but this I want you to be clear this is who I am and these are the things that are important to me especially talking about like racial justice and you know doing the work that you do and so they listened and were very like you know appropriate and like you know I totally I know that about you that's cool I get it you know and and you know Smooth and Stash sitting there looks me dead in the eye and goes just don't take the word retard away dude can I still say retard and I was like bro no you can't <laughs> really like like I was like really like impassioned and like being like polite and trying to like you know call him in and his end of it was like don't take that away from me so like he's not free of problematic behavior but so I told you and I think not he, free like he pretty much lives in a problematic zone he's white dude 
Yeah. Right. But so I think um, did we talk about it on the air last time when he made the transphobic comment? I think we might have because it was right after Caitlyn Jenner's trans- transition, and I think that was the well, conversation. So, so we so the first have. time was he he made he's like in our home talking about shit, and he said something about like oh you know you know how that happens where you know a guy and he he gets tricked and he doesn't know and he finds out. I'm like no, I don't, <laughs> no what do you mean that know. it happens? He's like oh you know I, that, that one time you always heard that from high school. I'm like, oh, I said I heard it from they, who? Because it's not true. It's fucking it's a trope. It's, it's, it's literally like a bad urban tale. Yeah, exactly. And like not even go to Snopes, please. Like, please, <laughs> that doesn't happen. So that was like privately with like the bit of us, and I was like, don't, don't, don't say that shit. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we just, like you were like, yeah. you got to be fucking kidding me. First of all, it's hella transphobic, and secondly, like you don't know anybody that's happened to, nor do I, nor does yeah. anybody you know. I, know. I, I, I wasn't like, like stop. I wasn't like, you know mean about it but i was just like pretty adamant about and it. you like put like as soon as he came out of his mouth you were like stop just stop the fuck what the fuck are you <laughs> right, talking so about right now you'd think you'd think you'd be like dude like this already happened right like right. i i know drew st- where he stands i know his position on this like you think you'd like, think like you already know drew's not that, here for the transphobia so that'd be the end of it let's right make sure you think that'd be the end of it but uh maybe it was the beers maybe frequently it's the beers and the uh, setting probably you know his peoples oh yeah that was the well, fellow white people to, to that end this same goddamn story comes up like almost verbatim you're like oh you know you hear about the dude that like only had sex through a sheet and only had sex when the light was on and finds out and i was like and i literally like <laughs> put my hand up and before i could say something the person you just met i don't want to give too much information yeah. away that person's like does that really happen but like really incredulously yeah. like does that really happen like i like on. her more and more yeah and i, I look her dead and i go no that doesn't fucking happen he's crazy it's the dumbest shit i've ever heard he keeps so saying it i don't know why and he kind of got up and left the room yeah he needs I to bad, but the, like, fuck? the fuck is with this again Again. Yeah. So the other, uh, and this is even going back a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know why, I'll just say this one time, Poop Truther. What the fuck is a Poop, poop Truther? <sighs> I got into it with a couple of fucking, you know, like there's different types of trolls, and yeah. there's, a, there's a white, like, it's almost like a, a concerned troll seal for a white nationalist agenda. Does that make sense? So, like, think of somebody who's really a, like, a, a white power type in disguise. Okay. But isn't, like... You know, on that spectrum where he's going to be like, you know, Nazi this and that, but he's kind of in disguise. That person can push their agenda by concern trolling in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you hear like there's a shutdown of a, of a street or a bridge. And it's like, what about the poor people? Those right, poor right, people right, 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 right. And if we could just do this without hurting the poor. Right. You know, so there's different ways of trolling it. But this guy was really like adamant about an action that was at Mizzou and talking about like white kids that were just there to study and learn in the library and they're getting screamed at and lumped in and thought of as racist and all this stuff and he kept kind of going on with this this bit and and the more you engage them like the more ludicrous they get but then it kind of went into like oh you know why did the president have to lose his job just because of some bullshit poop swastika do we even know whose poop it is literally he goes right into like whose poop it is and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about he goes he goes well nobody knows it you know there's a lot of speculation you know this and i was like you can't be kidding me like this are you serious and one of the tweets that was like on my timeline is like I hate to tell you, Drew, but like, yeah, this guy's very serious. And there's a whole like cottage industry of like people that don't believe the poop swastika is real and they want to get DNA of the poop swastika and like sample the poop swastika and see whose poop it was. Like, but who cares whose poop it is? Uh, well, they're assuming that it was a black student that did it to, to drum up sort of like controversy so that then they could get this president fired. But, but, wait, I, I, honestly, um, it, it's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. 
Literally. I was like, you're a poop truther? <laughs> and I just, and I couldn't believe that it. it was but a whole the thing poop. about that argument is, if that was the case, like, it would have been in the president's best interest to actually treat this seriously. Because then he would have been, he would have unmasked some undercover plot to get him out of office, and he never would have been able to be pushed out of office. So their argument makes no fucking sense. Like, well, the, ar- the, the, the argument is, if, the, if, if you're saying this is what's happening, then the person in charge is solely inept. Because they just, completely. like, missed the ball. They missed the ball completely. And so would you, give, would you allow yourself to get like I don't say like quote unquote railroaded, but that's what they're assuming, right? Basically, you're, you're, you're claiming that this guy was railroaded. You think he just like was like, all right, cool with that, right? <laughs> like literally, there are even if we even if we ab- believe them in their argument, it still <laughs> is like, but that doesn't even make sense. Uh, uh, either. Right now, I'm gonna give the like you and I have talked. A li- I'm going again tangent. We've talked about <laughs> doing the live uh, recasting, yes. and only the last like two episodes now I can actually see your face. <laughs> if people can see the emotion you put into fuck? with your eye rolls and shit about oh this, my god, crossing a truth, you gotta go on recast just so people can enjoy that. I which cannot. is your <laughs> anyway. What was it? Righteous indignation. Yes, that it's extra indignant right now. <laughs> oh my. god. Gosh! Set your computer up to take like a screen, a screen capture of your face every you can like use five a GoPro seconds. and have it just like <laughs> take, take pictures. like pictures of me. This is Leslie talking about poops, poops, plastic and pieces. Goodness. Okay. Anyways, I talked a little bit already about Minneapolis, and um, you know, I was there for about a week, just working with the Black Lives Matter. Um, uh, chapter there um, and uh, we did some nonviolent direct action trainings we did some legal observer trainings we did uh, a large action at city hall on a kick ass one where you yeah, occupied the whole one. fucking thing and then um uh, was there for when the police actually raided the um, fourth precinct um, shut down encampment, which was pretty fucked up and horrible and, and all of those. And, things. and you're going to include a lot of that in your discussion about your trip to folks. I'll just yeah. say you told me two things that a don't surprise me, but b really pissed me off is that they like reconned it. They were sending people in. They were figuring all the things out, where to come, where to go. Yeah. They bulldozed shit like literally came with bulldozer like bloop. And then they took. Equipment They're like oh you left a propane heater I'm gonna put that on a truck and take it uh, that's 12 ours twelve propane heaters. oh yeah donated by I think was it Greenpeace yeah yeah so th- that shit is off and now the before and after like when y'all were there I'm gonna say when the when the fourth precinct shutdown was there there was some impediment to this road that I guess is called Plymouth Road it was one block that yeah was yeah just right. blocked off but just you can you can clear, you can see the, you can see the picture of what the the activists had done in occupying this space. And now afterwards, the police have put up like giant cinder block and like eight foot like yeah. erector fence sets. Like before we were like kind of blocking the entrance to the police station. But truthfully, you could walk in and out of there with no problem. And now you can't even walk up to it. Yeah. Like straight yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've made it so much more. It's like, like barricaded. It's it's crazy. So Anyways. But just that the purpose was to make it accessible, that you guys were intruding yeah. and impeding. We were impeding. And, and now like, oh, but uh, hey, you, you human beings are in the way. Let's put up some fucking barbed wire fence. Yeah. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Anyways, let's get into it. Let's do it. The news is coming on. The news is coming on. We miss you. Oh, yes, we do miss you, Big Z. So, um, Chicago obviously has been in the news a ton lately with um, the video coming out about the Laquan McDonald murder and obviously the fallout continuing from that with the chief of police being fired and certainly lots of pressure against Rahm Emanuel. But I'm going to talk about something else, which is that. Black Youth uh, Project 100, BYP 100, suspends a Chicago leader after sexual assault allegation. Um, 
And help us out. BYP was the group that did the. They led the shutdown of the convention. Yes, of, uh, and and lots of other things. I mean, they're huge, in huge Chicago. force. Yeah, Charlene Carruthers is their um, leader, and um, they they just do amazing, amazing work. So um, during the 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 protests um, after the Laquan McDonald death was um, was done, they were demonstrating in Millennium Park in the South Loop. Um, one of the people in the crowd, a young woman, come noticed that somebody who was pretty prominent in the photos from the action um, was someone who had sexually assaulted her three years earlier. And so she reached out and asked her friends to stop posting that person's indi- uh, image um, in connection with this work. And her friends in turn um, brought it to BYP's attention. So um, in a nearly unprecedented step, and I'm going to read this from the Chicago Reader, by the afternoon um, of Wednesday, November 25th, the day that after the protest began, Charlene Carruthers, the national director for BYP 100, had responded to the tweets with a direct message and made arrangements for BYP 100 leaders to meet with Kay, who's the individual, the woman in question, over the weekend in a neutral space to discuss the situation the person Kay had accused was not present. On Saturday, BYP 100 posted an announcement on its website that one of its leaders had been accused of sexual assault and had been placed on a, quote, mandatory membership hiatus. Quote, as an organization rooted in black queer feminist framework, we take reports of sexual assault extremely seriously. BYP leaders wrote on the group's Facebook page Saturday. When this allegation came to our attention, we immediately embarked on an accountability process. The announcement added that BYP 100 was meeting with both the accused and the accuser to work out a restorative justice process. And its leaders requested that everyone refrain from victim blaming or defamatory comments about the accuser. It did not mention either party by name and refused to uh, comment any further. And I, I just, to me, the more I read about restorative justice, like I feel sometimes a little bit, it's interesting. Like, I, I, do you know a whole lot about the concept? Yes, I know about the concept, but go on. I, I don't know how I feel about it sometimes. It's weird. Why? I don't know. I, it's, I, I think it sounds like a great idea, but then like, you know, do, do the people, in this instance, I think it does, like this person is just accused, but does the person committing the crime need restorative justice? They, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't think they need punishment in the prison sense all the time either. So it's weird. I, I, I don't know if I know enough about restorative justice and how I feel about it. But. Mm. Um, so I, I would, did want to quote um, from the individual, um, Kay, the young woman. Um, she, she made a, a post and she said, when I came forward this week, there were activists who messaged my friends saying that sharing my story was damaging to the community and that I needed to be quiet because it was inconvenient timing. But liberation isn't convenient or easy. We don't get to say, hold up while we free these people real quick and then we'll come back for the rest of you, which is the essence of what black women have been told throughout history. Solidarity is for black men and white women, not us. As a black woman, the idea of safe space is currently a fallacy for me. I'm not safe out in the world. I'm not safe in my own communities and I'm not even safe in activist spaces around people who claim to be working towards my liberation. You can't fight for me while I'm awake, then rape me when I'm asleep. I want to be a bigger part of the movement. I want to join protests. I want to organize, but I can't do that when the person who hurt me is a figurehead in those spaces. Okay. That's from the That's victim. from the victim. So um, Kay um, is pleased by how promptly and decisively BYP responded to her complaint. She attributes this to the response to the fact that unlike other black liberation and civil rights groups, which have been led by men, who are only too happy to take over the microphone and tell women to be quiet, BYP 100's leaders are queer black women. Uh, the restorative process, uh, justice process is still a work in progress, Kay says. Uh, typically, restorative justice involved in reconciliation between the perpetrator and the, vi- perpetrator and the victim. She hopes that the BYP leader 
uh, will be able to return to that role in the organization only after learning about sexual assault and consent and coming to admit that what happened that night three years ago in the apartment was not just a misunderstanding. She says, I'm very pleased that BYP is willing to take the time to go through the accountability process. I hope he's willing to listen and be changed. Um, he's in a pretty powerful position. Not a lot of people who have been accused of assault are listening to survivors or want to learn. We need someone in the community at the forefront of the movement to do that. Black male social and sexual scripts have hurt a lot of people. Black men have a, have a lot to learn, have to learn not to do that, to come out of the other side and be aware. So I, I'm just giving a shout out because I just love the the true um, show of what intersectionality needs to look like in our movement. Um and we always say like, oh, when black people talk, believe them. And so I would add a caveat to that. It's like when black women talk, believe them too. And right. I, I just have so much respect for um, BYP 100 as an organization and Charlene as a leader and all the other leaders in the organization for just um, really standing for the convictions that they have and and making sure that the actions that they take and the movement they are looking to build uh, are in line with that. Good. Did you have a chance to look up restorative justice while I was talking? I did. I was very wrong. I must have been conflating like something completely different because the restorative justice approach, I'll just read uh, wiki, focus on the needs of the victims and the offenders as well as the involved community instead of satisfying an abstract legal principle or punishing the offender. Victims take an active role in the process while offenders are encouraged to take responsibility for their actions to repair the harm they've done, apologizing, returning stolen money, or doing community service. In addition, provides help for the offender in order to avoid future offenses. It's based on a theory of justice that considers crime and wrongdoing to be an offense against individual or community rather than the state. Restorative justice fosters a dialogue between the victim and the offender, um, has the highest rate of victim satisfaction uh, and offender accountability. So I don't see how you could be against that. If it's got the highest rate of victim satisfaction, that's who should be satisfied. Yeah. Right. And I think it's it's just a lot of, you know, when we hear people talk about, you know, policing be, or safety beyond policing, um, justice beyond policing, this is the kind of stuff that we refer to, which is, um, you know, a, a, an idea of justice that really speaks to what the ailment is and how to address it versus um, a policing uh, model, which we, we currently have, which doesn't address any of right. those things and often leaves everybody involved in a worse place than they were um, prior to the incident. And so when I, when I chat with folks about, uh, in particular, they're like, you know, we're all human race and love everybody. My issue with that approach, not always, but oftentimes individuals that have taken that sort of, you know, I just want to like love can conquer all and we're all the human race seem to be taking a, a pass on the restorative justice part. Right. Like as, as a white individual, it's like real convenient. Like, huh, you know, we've been shitting on black people for millennia and like, hey, love everybody. Like, it's okay now. Come right. on. Right. It's not that, I don't think and everyone. And continue to shit on people because I think that there's this yeah, like That's true. Like, I'm still like, shit. I'm still like, pissing they, on you. You're still pissing on me and calling it rain and yeah. yet you still want to be like, everybody. love everybody. <laughs> you know, uh, I think like, um, and I think when I talk to people about that, I specifically say that it 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 seems to give white people that espouse that view a pass at the accountable and acknowledgement stage, like a truth and reconciliation. Right. And then that gets into a dialogue like, you know, how am I guilty? How am I responsible? Right. Like, and like, then, but okay, then we can like, talk about that. We can talk about that. And then there's like little things. My friend Jason was tweeting about um, he was online in gentrified Williamsburg um, waiting to get into Erica Badu had a listening party for her new album. And so he was there going to it. And so everybody, you know, people well-dressed, people of color in line waiting to get in. And these this group of white people walk by and this guy literally turns to his friends and goes, oh, I guess a new pair of Jordans is coming out. And they all burst out laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And it's like little shit like that because not only was it like a shitty thing to say, 
And maybe some white folks out there think that's an okay joke to make, but it's really not. And the second piece of that is that all the people in that line were like, Oh my God, did that just happen? Like, what should we have done? Matt, now, now this is now, now the responsibility the entire, is theirs. Yes, yeah, now it's the on tenor. them yeah. to have, have decided what to do and what to do. Anyways, that's a whole separate side note. We, of course, talking news can't get away from the San Bernardino, um, shooting. And while you and I do not want to go into any, like, in depth about the details of the case or anything like that, I did, uh, personally pull out a few, a couple things I find interesting. Obviously, um, the, the the Islamophobia in this country has wow. reached just epic, man. Not just epic on a, on a like personal and like societal level, but it's seeped everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's it's in media, it's, it's in government, it's in it's in everything, well, and it's really just like frightening to we, me. I, I only can like imagine this being what it was like during like the McCarthy era, or yeah. um, you know, when we decided to build Japanese internment camps yeah, before, during like, World War Two. Like I can't because it's so irrational. It's so irrational, and pervasive. Yet, but so many people are buying into pervasive. it. So it, it's kind and of crazy. You're Talking about Islamophobia and irrational, and I, you know, we're not going to talk too much about the whole case, but something is really strange about the coverage of this case and mm. various things that have happened, and the whole like, were there three shooters or two shooters, was right? The, and the the fact that they all said white in the beginning, like there's you know white folks, three white people, three white people, and when it was like you know Farouk Saeed was the name, it was like a collective fucking gasp and a cheer, like yeah. a, like a oh that guy's not white dudes, oh fucking is not like on Facebook and shit, like yeah. instantly there was like a if you could have charted the number of just social network activity and just flag it as like you know banal neutral right or like islamophobic right as soon as fucking the name farouk came out it it was like i couldn't it was inescapable inescapable of course, of course. which is not surprising you know just given the te- the tenor of the area but i also found it interesting that um attorney general uh loretta lynch announced that and i'm going to quote her here that the san bernardino investigation is a terrorism investigation because of the quote indications that we have we do have of radicalization end quote again she's saying this is a terrorism investigation because of the quote indications that we do have of radicalization but and so what, what indications do they have? This, Whatever let's, they have. Let's take that out of that. Let's talk about what this description of radicalization means and what the context of that means and what she's saying when she uses that word. Because it's it's, it's applied very specifically and only uh, to Muslims in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't know why Dylan Roof, who had a anti-black manifesto, who yeah. walked into uh, a church and killed... Only black people. Yeah. Um, why had, had all those Rhodesia flags? Absolutely. All these white nationalist flags. Why is he not? And, and I will say that specifically, Loretta Lynch decided in that case that that was not a terrorism investigation because I don't know why. But if if the rationale for this being a terrorism investigation is that there are indications of radicalization, then I don't understand how you can justify Charleston not being a terrorism investigation. I mean, Dylan was radicalized. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely. Radicalized as fuck. The thing that really they're not saying, and the reality is, this is a a Muslim individual. Mm -hmm. If there's any fucking like 70,000 degree separation to any fucking what we deem a terror group, we're going to, you know, investigate the shit out of it and we need the funds. So we're going to deem this a terror. And they didn't think that necessary with Dylan. Yeah. And that shows you a lot about the victims. Yes. And the skin color of the perpetrator. Exactly. 
So yeah. anyway, so I'll just say that. Um, and also, just as, on a, as a side note, um, still waiting for the all lives matter, folks. Still waiting for the blue lives matter, folks, in this particular case, because a police officer was killed in the line of duty by one of these individuals, allegedly. And white people were killed during this. In- and Hispanic people were killed in this incident. So wh- where the fuck are they? Yeah. Wh- where are you guys? Waiting. On- just waiting. There was a, there was a meme that said, uh, all lives rally, ma- uh, all lives matter rally. Uh-huh. And it was like, when? Never. <laughs> because it's not going to fucking happen because yeah. you don't do fucking shit. All you do is use this as a fucking weapon against black lives. Yeah. And so you, you wanted to talk about the media. Huh? Well, the thing that just kind of like, I don't say it blew me away, was the goddamn MSNBC and CNN both went on air live in the apartment of these two individuals. Uh, and I shouldn't even call them perpetrators, two uh, alleged perpetrators. Alleged, whatever it is. Yeah. And accused, you can uh, say accused, that. the two accused. But fucking aired shit on like air live, including the ID, like held up an ID, a California driver's license of like the dude's mom and like place where she works and shit. And like she ain't a suspect. Why are you doxing on MSNBC? Really? We've come to the point now, our fervor over information and the zeal to be like TMZ and the first with this and that when it came to this meant that MSNBC and CNN went into it. Like the FBI had already been in there. I guess it's like an active crime scene. And I can't imagine that they wanted fucking cameramen stomping all over. Like that's surprising to me. Conflicting info. First, the FBI told uh, folks that asked that the media that, um, that they didn't they did not believe that the apartment was open. It was an ongoing investigation. And then somebody else said that the apartment owner permitted the press tour. The FBI had already cleared out useful evidence. But then the um, landlord says that's not what happened. He's like, I didn't allow anybody in here. They rushed into the apartment is what he says. So, um, so yeah. But the thing that got me is uh, is... I think it was great. A lot of people were just like, what the fuck is going on here? I mean, literally the, the headline of the Atlantis of what the hell just happened on MSNBC and CNN. Yeah, because that's, that's unbelievable. It's like, crazy. We live in a society that got to the point where like you're, an individuals like I, 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 privacy is so sacrosanct mm-hmm. in the United States of America. Above all. You know, the HIPAA laws, like the, your privacy is so sacrosanct. And to just fucking show an ID of, the, of a person's mother because they're allegedly accused of this crime, mm-hmm. that's to me unbelievable. And the, the, that, that it, you know, they had this article about the rise of, of, you know, Hitler and the rise of Trump and, you know, fascism and this and that. And just, you know, the way we treat just fucking Muslims. It's just so upsetting. It's, mm. uh, I can't imagine what it must be like to be, uh, you know, a, a Muslim individual in the United States. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be just, just, uh, you know, I didn't, we didn't put it on our notes, but did you see the hashtag from London? Um, you ain't a Muslim bruv. No. What is it? Uh, so in London, there was a, uh, an individual that was, uh, claiming he was from Syria and he was stabbing or uh, knife wounded somebody, um, I think late yesterday, Saturday, in London, in the mm-hmm. tube. Mm-hmm. And then on the video, there was a, like a Vine or a YouTube video, there's a, another individual who turns out to be a Muslim as well. Um, and when the police have this knife-wielding individual handcuffed and on the ground, he runs up, you ain't a Muslim, bruv. You ain't a Muslim, bruv. You ain't no Muslim. Like he's using a very London, like I guess, bruv is a, I'm not from London. I guess that's a very London way of talking like bro, to someone. Like bro. Brother, bro. Okay. Yeah. Um, you ain't no Muslim, bruv. And so that was a now hashtag. And uh, there's all sorts of individuals. Hashtag meant to mean what, though? Uh, meaning, like, that's not my Islam. That's, you know, like, like if you commit these terror attacks, oh, you're, you're not really a Muslim. Oh, so you're this, not- like, general expectation of for Muslims to apologize for this. I don't people. know if a general like, expectation. Like, them or something? I don't know, but it's, it's like, trending worldwide. <laughs> but, I mean, who's tweeting it? I'm trying to uh, understand. Muslims it, it, are tweeting I it saw, or other I, people are? So and that's interesting the way you say it. So there was, I saw, and I didn't spend much time on it because right. Curry's wife was <laughs> 
first oh, take. Oh, she of, was much more interesting, <laughs> was she? I'm teasing. Uh, Ashy but, fuck boys just, for the win. Just like uh, Rod said, people get up on, on the morning, on Sunday, you go on your toilet, and you start fucking looking on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but so, no, I, I didn't read too, too much, but there was definitely, uh, yes, there were Muslim individuals that were doing, as you say, but I don't know if that's under that guise, but they're like, yeah, that's not my Islam. You know, If you do that, you're not a Muslim. And then I don't know the, it may be someone, uh, a practicing Muslim can help call on the show and tell me, but apparently there's a uh, type or term or word for um, like excommunicating individuals for committing crimes uh, in the Muslim or Islam f- uh, faith. And so then some are accusing uh, people using his hashtag of doing just that. Like just because he committed a crime doesn't mean he's no longer part of the faith. It doesn't work that way. Does that make uh, sense? I see. I see. And, and I like, I'll have to look it up now because I can't remember. I that see word. it now. It seems like a lot of non. Uh, it seems like a lot of Muslims are using it or people that are saying that Muslims are using it. I don't know. And do you see that other word, the thing that people are accusing? Ah, so here it is. Uh, Tariq or something? Yeah, that's it. Um, where is it? Takfir. Takfir, that's Takfir. it. That's uh-huh. it. So I don't, I, I just. Interesting. Anyways, yeah, anyway. um, yeah. So I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck yeah, just what happened, the fuck happened on, on MSNBC. MSNBC. So here in our great state of Michigan, uh, during a Michigan Senate Education Committee hearing on December third, GOP Senator Marty Nolenberg uh, from Troy uh, made blatantly racist comments directed towards African American children in low performing schools. Let's let him talk. And you for mentioned himself. why these schools fail, and you mentioned. You mentioned, you know, the, you know, the dis- economically disadvantaged, and you know, the, you know, um, the non-white population um, are contributors to that, and you know, we can't fix that. We can't make an African American white. I mean, that's just it is what it is. So we can't fix that. But you know, we have the situation. Don't tell me it gets worse. <sighs> no, I stop it there. The <laughs> fuck, dude! Like he's basically apologizing that it's not white enough and you can't make black people white. That, that's like pretty much really, buddy. That like, oh, this district. Sorry, mm-hmm. there's too many black people and we can't fucking make them white. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So Alani Scott, executive director of Progress Michigan, says the problems facing our schools have nothing to do with the children who attend them and everything to do with the po- policies that Senator Nolenberg and his Republican colleagues have implemented in our urban areas. This kind of racism has no place in Michigan. Um, so I think that, you know, we've seen and, this in the last three months or so, um, so many um, Actions and uh, I, I, I would say flashpoints uh, for the education. movement, not around education, but in the Midwest, and, generally and, and, speaking. And in Chicago, there was the hunger strike because they're closing yeah, that's what school. I'm saying. So I'm I, saying I feel like not just Midwest, but I think education's. Uh, I, I think, think the educational disparities is. I think that's big everywhere, and I think it's mm. been a flashpoint everywhere. We've seen it in Philadelphia when the students went on strike. Well, the, We've seen it everywhere, the, but I would. I'm talking specifically about this this Midwestern. Uh, nice yeah, uh, veneer the fake nice. Uh, underneath which there's the most horrendous racism in the country yeah. and anti-blackness in the country. We see it when our our representatives are, are not just saying these things or, or acting on them, but so comfortable on the floor of the Senate, the Senate. just yeah. that this is how they feel and this is what they're going to say. And we see... I mean, we did on the, the John, the, the worst place to live for black people and I think nine of the no, ten, ten of them were in the Midwest. All ten. If you go to the ten most segregated 
communities in the United States. Seven of them are in Chicago alone. Yep. Of the top ten. Yeah. You know. Um. You know, we did an action in um in Minneapolis called Tell Two Cities because literally yeah. Minnesota Minneapolis is the number one place for, for white, like white people, people and number it's like the worst place for black. People I think it is number one. Literally. Worst. Yeah. So um, it, it's definitely. I think it's been really um. In, I think it's been enlightening for people to see this racism in the Midwest that black folks and people of color in the Midwest have been experiencing, but it's been kind of like kept under the radar because like, oh, it's bad in the South and um, these big urban centers is where the bad stuff is happening. And, you know, and if you think about it, like the, the prototypical Midwest person uh, in this regard, like you talk about like, okay, and we've talked many times on the show about racism, binary, you know, good versus bad, Klansmen, and a much better view is this sort of continuum or spectrum of behaviors that, you know, you're never not going to be problematic. You're going to do problematic shit as a white person, kind of like until supremacy ends. But uh, it's that sort of in the Midwest, there, there's a real, real sense of racism is a, is a hooded Klansman and that's very bad. And I don't use the N word, so I'm not racist at all. But then I make an enormous amount of really problematic decisions about where to live and where to send my kid to school and what I do, you know, like, well, and, and doesn't think that that's racism, right? They don't think of that as racism. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me. And that the attitude would go hand in hand with all of those things. Absolutely. And, and it's that, you know, people talk about like, Oh, in the first civil rights movement, it was a little bit clearer objective. We can't sit here at this counter and sit here in this bus and this is what we Well, want. I think then we were talking about the legalities of what we were allowed and not allowed to do. So we were talking about, mm. um, you know, letter of the law changes that had to happen. So this is a completely different thing. This we're talking about different. societal change. Yeah. And some of that includes some of law, law, of course, that, you know, there's legislation that's included in it, but this is a whole other thing. Anyways, so fuck you, Mike Nolenberg. Long story short. Um, <laughs> from Troy, Michigan. From Troy, Michigan. Republican. We, we had some updates. Yeah, so we talked last week about uh, Sports Illustrated and the uh, town in Peking, uh, Illinois. They had that terrible uh, epithet, I won't repeat, mm, uh, mm-hmm. for their... Uh, team name they changed the dragons but uh someone wrote uh and this was to sports illustrated not to the john so not, not get, don't get confused <laughs> somebody <laughs> wrote to the sports illustrated yeah. letter to the editor because the article we read in the first place was from sports correct illustrated, as a so. as a high school freshman i watched the 1964 redacted uh defeat coben high in a basketball game played at the university of illinois where the mascot at the time was chief alinawick Mm-hmm. And I look back and I wonder well, that was what we're thinking. Uh, it makes me really remember. And I remember Alina Wick as well because uh, I grew up in Illinois. Uh, I think it might have been mid somewhere in the 80s they got rid of uh, that uh, problematic mascot. And they did the same thing as the Peking team. Mm-hmm. You know, they had like Native uh, American uh, men and women in dress. And I think the Illini still do that. They might have a, a chief uh, so-and-so that comes out on a horseback or they did not so many years ago. Um, but I don't know. It, I think it's interesting to like – what are people going to look back in 20, 30 years from now about Snyder and Washington Redskins? And, you know, gosh, I can't believe they're too long to change it. Um, what are people going to look back and think those that, I don't know, were shouting all lives matter and counting people down? It'll be interesting that the arc of time mm. affords today's day today's and age. Today's day and age to yeah. see what, what it will look like. We always say that. It's like, which side are you on? Like, which side of history yeah. are you going to be willing yeah, to be on? Degree, yeah, You're going to be able to look back on your fucking timeline and see that you tried to make Trayvon Martin into a monster when um, this asshole and racist that killed him um, has been arrested four times since he killed uh, Trayvon and was just kicked off Twitter uh, for posting naked photos of a woman and doxing her nationally. And, and I just, so, I just there's I that. Say, you know, hey, Twitter. Uh, there's that. The real George Z posted... Pictures of Trayvon posted pictures of an individual he murdered, mm. and that was okay. That was all right. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he shouldn't be suspended for no. For, obviously, he should. But uh, it's interesting. What, they call it revenge porn. Yeah, that's, you know, that's horrible. Because that's what you look. It was a white woman. She. You think that's it was, it was revenge porn of a white woman? You think if he revenge porn saying, a black woman, he wouldn't have been no, suspended? No, no, I don't know if he would have been suspended for whatever. But I'm saying that that's when people's outrage kicks in. Oh, you just hurt a white woman. Yeah, like, oh no, that's yeah, it. You're right you're about not, that. that. White woman tears. No further shall this pass. White woman tears. You can buy that right now the on Etsy, off. by the way. White woman tears. Uh, white you, tears you or white them? feminism tears. I'm not kidding. There's a link you can buy them. I'll put it on the show. <laughs> is it like a little jar? It is a little jar. It's very funny. They also have male tears. In case can you, you sip them? <laughs> I don't know if they're sippable or not. Like they might little... be poisoned, but you yeah. never know. Uh, so the other update was about uh, Patty LaBelle Patty and James LaBelle. Wright Chanel. Really exciting. So I know we had talked about Patty need to get get it together. Because yeah, she was um, denying him, his, she was a little denying him, but obviously due. somebody got a hold of her right quick. Yeah, they did. And um, his birthday th- was on Thanksgiving, and she had him to his home, to her home in Philadelphia for Thanksgiving. Oh, shut up! They Patty. spent the weekend together, and even more exciting, they filmed an upcoming uh, cooking show channel, a cooking channel cooking show, holiday cooking show together. So they're both starring, and it's really exciting for the two of them. And um. So, of course, they're going to make the sweet potato pie. Um, yeah, of course. Why could, why so, he's a great sous chef. She said she found out. And he, sp- he spent the whole uh, show with her. And they got to, to film it together. And he's really excited. He says that, you know, uh, she refers to him as her son now. Um, and uh, he told people when we when she first called, it was like we known each other forever. We talked like we were best friends. I told Aww. her, I have to Patty. tell my mom that Patty, Patty is my new mama, too. I said, Patty, you my mama. Patty. Yes. So um, that's exciting. And I think it comes on Wednesday, December 16th, 8.30 p.m. on the Cooking Channel. And you can also get that famous pie recipe. Um, And they're going to perform in more than one way. He can, um, in more ways than one, they're doing a concert performance together. He can be my lead singer. And I'll be his background singer, she says. All right. And right. Someone on her team. Wisely got her together, <laughs> like roped her in, like got yo, her all the way together. This fucking video sold them fucking pies, yeah, exactly, off the damn shelves. All right, so white people, I get bullied in school. I can't wait till I'm a cop so I can bully you, white people. Hey, 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 hey. white people. So uh, this week, and uh, white people, uh, BuzzFeed twenty one things white people ruined in nineteen uh, and twenty fifteen this year. And only 21 things, but there's 21 things. That, I'm sure there's more than that, but that's all they're going to like talk about in BuzzFeed. All right. So, so uh, number one, why y'all is lying? Ugh. The meme. And uh, so they have a vine. I won't even play it. It's a white chick in a lion costume. Yeah. People have seen this shit. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. mm, uh, number mm. two, rap ciphers. And I'm yeah. fighting. It's all right. <clears throat> we spit these rounds all day and night. <clears throat> School all day. Golf is life. <clears throat> We love our peers and never fight. <clears throat> we treat our girls very nice. <laughs> okay, so first of all, first of that all, was anti black too. It was so anti black and bullshit. They rape <laughs> so many people. We treat our so, girls nice. Uh no, you don't. That's number one. Number two, you don't fight. Hmm. We don't fight our peers. Really? Because what the fuck are pumpkin fests and uh, after <laughs> all of these fucking all of this shit? We wait, wait. Honestly, uh, I can't. What's uh, the next I'm thing? I'm sorry. Number three. Seriously, no more ciphers. Take a seat. Give me your treat. Mm. When a rap is beat, they stand to their feet. Mm. I go hard in the heat because your boy got to eat. Mm. Big girl up the street, I'll show them my sheets. Mm. Walking down the street and I'm sucking my beats. Mm. 
Baba Black Sheep have any wool? <clears throat> okay, I'm just no. No. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Number four, touchdown celebrations. Oh god, and is this Flacco? <laughs> it is. And uh I don't no, know. No, it's not Flacco, it's some other version. Is that, oh, is Jake Locker? Who is that? Whoever. That I don't know. terrible. They need to stop. It's no good. Uh number five, reading books in peace. Yo. And it's uh it's our girl at the Trump rally. She's the best. The, the Her best. head the, the swivel. Ugh. Ugh. Bitch, I'm reading my book. Uh, number Don't six, me. and uh, number six is uh, Drake's Hotline Bling, mm. and for the ruined, it's got the Trump Saturday Night Live oh, version. Oh yeah, no. Number seven, uh, Gucci Mane's Lemonade. Oh, play that. Oh boy. Lemon on the chain with the V cut. Yeah. Lemon on the chain with. And it's literally a slice no, of lemon on can't. a chain. Just, mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, no. Number eight, ignition and doo wop. Okay, go ahead, play that. Very next to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruined that body, got everything. No, no, I'm no. I'm sorry. Oh my I'm god, sorry. that's so bad. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's over? We I can't do ignition. You at can't all? do ignition because R. Kelly is a pedophile. Oh, keep going. But this is terrible. Yeah. Whatever dance was being attempted here. Oh. I, don't. I, don't. Oh. What? No. What is going on here? Oh. It's from World Star Hip Hop fans. Stop. The comments are just ludicrous. Number 10, Kendrick Lamar's Look Out for Detox. Uh-oh. What's she saying? There's one point when the piece of your joint got a twist his feet. I'm going to break my okay, joint. No, no we, don't, we don't play her on We've this. We've played that before. Win, I win, 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 win. She's the worst. Uh, hold on a second. Go ahead. Keep going. Number 11, the rhythm to Justin Bieber's What Do You Mean? And uh, stop, please stop clapping on the beat. Yeah. Uh, number twelve. Hold on, let me just. We got to do a little, a quick, quick cleanser just to just to get rid of that. When I win, when I win, win, win. <laughs> she I'll maybe I'll I'll play it at the end. Go ahead. When I win, she be in. Number twelve, enjoying yourself at the Grammys, and it's a vine of uh, I guess somebody having fun at the Grammys and getting a getting a look. Nigga Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, Taylor Swift. That's Pharrell. <laughs> Looking at Being her like, like bitch, please. <laughs> Uh, number 13, EXO's XOXO. No, 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 no. Oh, no, Trap Queen by Fetty. Oh, God, this is a kid's bop version of this song. It's no, horrible. It's not. Press play. No, it's not. Yes, it's so bad. Kid's bop? Why? I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. You look pretty awesome as you came in the door. I just want to chill, got some dough for us to roll. This little pill's right, dough boy. Yeah, from Dough to Eat. I can't. You know, the, but like, did Fetty Wap write that? Because that means he had to agree to license that. Like, that's not like an, you can't just like, Kids bob anything you fucking want. Yeah, why like, wouldn't he agree to it? Yeah, this means dolls for him. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck you care about. Mm. I hope That's, he. I hope he. Waited. He got. He got um, legal bills to pay. I hope anyway, he waited so. till the Spotify money ran out or Good something. Lord. Oh no. Watch me by Salento. What's oh, this gonna no. be? Now watch me sip my Chardonnay. Watch me sip sip my Chardonnay. Now watch me sip. No. No. <laughs> Number sixteen. The No We're Mad video. Now I'm mad. Oh, now I'm mad. I went to take a shit. I went to take a shit. No. I don't even know that video, and we ruined it already? Yeah, it's ruined. I never saw the original. We white people killed it, huh? Go ahead. The Quan, oh, that's been done, dude. <laughs> 
uh, just, this is some kids doing a really bad version of the Quan. Uh, I did see this one too, dabbing. And this is awful. This is from so Philly. This dance is called the dab. The dab? Am I yes. really behind the times? Is you go like you go like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, was, I was looking that up. So that's a dab. Yes. All right, I know what a dab is. I'm so excited. <laughs> so it's like you're dancing, all of a sudden you just dab. Okay. Dab. dab. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the dabs. Yeah. Literally, dude. The, the tweet. The tweet says, "Rest in peace, dab." Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Oh no. Uh, the hit dem folks. Oh no. What's this? Oh, that's from dancing with the stars. Are we going to see that? <clears throat> No. Number twenty, basically every dance in twenty fifteen, and this uh, little kid does all of them just no justice. And number twenty one, and most of all, identifying as American. I don't. I don't understand the question. <laughs> identifying as black. Oh lord. White people ruin everything. So just to get a cleanser after those white people, I can't. Yo. Is this the kid rapping with his dad? Yes, this is two-year-old Khalil. Pocket, and if I remember correctly, the mom went out, and uh, dad was taking care of uh, the two kids, and uh, made that while she was out. If I remember the story correctly, Uh, that might be a different story. This this guy is just a rapper in UK, and he He might he clearly be spitting bars with his kid. Clearly, his kid has got two years old. He knows what's what. He knows what the hell's going on here. So thank you, just to get rid of all that bad white people (laughs) juju. Well, because you know we're going to thank you, Khalil. We were in some bad white people juju, and uh, where are we here? And I, I, I've said on Twitter, I have like a almost bi-weekly like, fuck you, CNN. Like literally, that's just my like tweet. Fuck you. And I add them. I'm not even saying, fuck you, CNN. And then like. I think it's twice daily. It's, it's just, I got to stop even going so there. Bad. Every time I open up an article, it's like, the fuck is this shit? Horrible. But, so the apologies, I, get, it, I, I wouldn't say it's an apology. This The thing you're going to read from CNN? Uh, yeah. I thought you were saying it. I'm reading oh, is it. Is that me? Oh, uh, oh I, no. I guess it's me. All right. 
My bad. I did take that. Uh, yeah, so CNN boss Jeff Zucker apologizes for controversial Freddie Gray story. Exclusive. Um, CNN president Jake Jeff Zucker on Tuesday admitted it was a mistake, he says, Hold on. Um, to publish a controversial story on the network's website Monday, calling slain Baltimore resident Freddie Gray, quote, the son of an illiterate heroin addict. Quote, that was a mistake, Zucker said at a town hall event for staffers, according to a transcript the network provided to the rap. The digital team removed it last night and inserted an editor's note to com- to be completely transparent. The editorial intent was the digital team had laid has laid out to me was to make clear he had a difficult upbringing, but clearly it did not come across that way when it was written and published. We recognized that it did not work and we removed it and we were transparent about that. That was a mistake. Um, though a network insider who observed the town hall event describes Zucker's comments as an apology and his behavior is conciliatory. A CNN spokesperson disputed that characterization quote, he never used the word apology nor any word that evokes apology. <laughs> that's a, that's a CNN, like a, that's their spokesperson, right? Yeah, uh-huh. and, and when you say he, we're talking about Jeff Zucker, the president, the president of, of NBC it, yeah. and owner of so CNN. So where do you give this on your scale? Fucking of- minus one. And yeah. In fact, I'm going to give a minus one and a big F to the rap. I don't know who the rap is and I'm not trying to like be like shitty on the rap, but like your lead is CNN boss Jeff Zucker apologizes yeah. for he controversial did, Freddie Gray stories. And then you call it an exclusive, but like the, the staffer said it's not an apology. So yeah, you really so, can't lead with yeah. he apologized. No. CNN Jeff, uh, Jeff Zucker was conciliatory and used the word they, this was a mistake, but it was not a fucking apology. No. <laughs> Get it Nor right. did he use any words that would indicate an apology. That's for another one where we need your sweet cast face right there. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see you now. Uh, not only was it not an apology, but his fucking statement like, like, oh, you know, it was a mistake. We were trying to show his trouble. Wait a minute. First of all, like you were trying to show his trouble upbringing. Fucking why? He's dead. He's not on trial. The cops are. How about the cops trouble that bringing? Has the cop ever been in a fight in his life? Has the cop's dad fucking been a shitty fucking abuser? Why does Freddie Gray's fucking past matter a fucking iota about fucking anything? So even in your fucking apology, this is why it's a minus one. Even in his apology, it's like, well, we were, we were trying to slander him, but we, we did it a little bit too hard. You know, but I'm not sorry. It was a mistake to to be that anti-black. We dialed it up to 11. Apologies, guys. We'll we'll keep the racist at six. I think you officially hit righteous indignation. <laughs> Did I? That's <laughs> a ding. Yeah. Oh god. I mean, fuck CNN though. Yeah, fuck fuck CNN. The, and MSNBC and all of them. Honestly, I don't even. I don't get any news from any of these places yeah. anymore at all so like I, I watch like a documentary before i like actually just news journalism the whole thing is i had an exchange show. with a, a tweet today about cnn they had an article that said uh the army or the navy says they're almost out of bombs to drop on isis they're running, running out of bombs just like stop. have they ever run out of fucking anything just and then in the middle of the article it said something like uh, and i gotta pull it up now because it was and so it's ridiculous. like they ran out of bombs in one city so we're we're transporting three thousand billion no, of them we've from never, another we've one never fucking that's run my out point of i'm saying even in the content i'm i guarantee you it's like in this one the, spot here's in the, in, buried in the middle Fuck of the, the the news article it says the air force leading to depleted munition stockpiles and calls to ramp up funding and weapons production <sighs> Oh, funding and weapons production. So you're not running out of shit. You're just fucking saying that just shit. Just play dude. Zoe one time. Just wait, her, her, wait, her sci white people? Yes. <sighs> white people. <laughs> Thank you. But no, for real, though, fuck CNN, dude. They're absolute garbage, dude. Just complete trash. Hate them. Oh, em. Lord, I just went into Twitter. That, and we would rather you shut the fuck up. T- tweet is getting retweeted a lot. 
Good for him. Fuck it's, that it's, guy. He should be shutting the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, he should be shutting the yeah, fuck cool. up. So yeah, this week apologies mm, minus one. What, what's your score? Definitely a zero. Like there, <laughs> there was no apology there to even grade. Quite frankly, yeah, it's really they should, I can't even give so it a zero. Even you, the, it shouldn't even made the cast. As, as, as you said clearly and convincingly, that was not an apology. Nope. So uh, I guess that's a DQ. Yeah, <laughs> it did not qualify. That's right. <laughs> Boom. It's a GOP clown car. Oh, boy, it sure is. Uh, great chutzpah. Oh <laughs> Awkward things that 2016 Republican candidates said to Jewish uh, caucuses. Uh, here we are. We got a bunch of them. Uh, oh, boy. There's just too many. So we'll start with uh, my friend Ben. Hamas. Hamas rules the Gaza Strip. Hamas. 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 Is he talking about, Hamas. like, the food? <laughs> he was not talking about Hamas. He was talking about Hamas. <laughs> oh, this man thinks he should be president. Okay, Hamas, go on. Uh, yep. uh, so John More Kasich. proof that having an MD does not make you an intelligent uh, person. Ohio Governor John Kasich. Hamas. <laughs> Come on. You're not getting Hamas. stuck on fucking... <laughs> You know, honestly, and I I really, I've said this and it needs repeating like over and over and over again. Ben Carson has single-handedly like eliminated the like rocket scientist and brain surgeon like narrative of brilliant people. Ben Carson. Brain surgeons are excluded from that list. I'm going to tell like a little feature. In in about five years, there's going to be a Comedy Central Adult Swim cartoon about Ben Carson. (laughs) That is how ridiculous Ben Carson is. It'll it'll be just like the one they have on Mike Tyson with the pigeons and the Absolutely. It would be, and, and it'll be like mysteries. his wife. Awesome. It'll be like all sorts of crazy shit. Hummus and just, yeah, and I'm calling it. He'll now. be in a van with a picture of Jesus and him on the side. Jesus might be in it for all I know. Like just saying. <laughs> Black Jesus. Black Jesus. Anyways. So, go how on. Governor John Kasich God said, damn. My mother told me one time, she said, Johnny, when I was a very young man, she said, Johnny, if you want to look for a really good friend, get somebody who's Jewish. And you know why she said that? She said, no matter what happens to you, your friend, your Jewish friend, will stick by your side and fight right with you and stand by you, Johnny. That's <laughs> John Kasich. Oh, my God. Here's John Gilmore. Last night, I was, uh, was watching Schindler's List. Last night? Everybody here has seen Schindler's List. Oh, Last have they? Night. <laughs> He's doing his research, dude. <laughs> Last Jewish night. Right before. Right people before. move. Oh, look. It's Schindler's List popped <laughs> no, listen, up first. Listen, I, I, you got to get Mary it. Beth, let's go watch <laughs> stop, it. Stop. That was just the vine. I got to give, really? give you his full quote. wife's I'll give you his full quote. If it's Mary Beth, I'll shit myself. In preparation for this very significant meeting today, I did a little looking at the internet. <laughs> What's his name again? Yeah, this is fucking Jim Gilmore. Jim Gilmore. Pre- so you're right. He did, in preparation for this very significant meeting today, I did a little looking at the internets. And it turns out there's a fellow named Ron Campius who wrote a little article in the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. And he said, we had to come here today to pass this Kiskis test. Kiska? Audience, Kiska. Oh. Kiska. Well, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up. The definition is a beef or fowl intestine stuffed into a mixture of flour, fat, onions, and seasonings and roasted. And I thought, that's the Republican campaign for the nomination. That's right. That's what it is. 
He's doing like he's like great. And I, I don't even have to like know. I don't speak uh, uh, Hebrew or Yiddish. I don't even know what the Kiska test is. But I can almost guarantee you, it's got to do about like a person and like you know, do they pass the test? Are they worthy of you individual? And he comes up and reads the definition the fucking, of the fucking of the food of item, the food a item. fucking <laughs> recipe from Epicurus is what he decided to bring to the table. I know nothing. I know fucking nothing of it. Idiot. This is the first I've heard of it, and I can tell you that's so out of context. It's oh not even fucking correct. This dude, I've never even heard of him. I didn't know he was running for president. So Jim Gilmore, for the record, his wife's name is Roxanne, although his mother's name is Margaret. So Margaret, okay. I was close. Let well, me if, just if, see. If there's a John thing. If the- uh, five things you should know about him is his, he's a Pizza Hut and Miller draft kind of guy. He's a proud clarinet playing geek. He's a army veteran, speaks fluent German. <clears throat> really? This is interesting. Almost joined the CIA. He's got perseverance. For him, it was UVA law school or bust. Apparently, he was rejected and and, and then had to go back. Um, and he won the race. He won to become governor was described as the bland leading the bland. <laughs> Just wanted everyone to know because I didn't know who the fuck this guy said. The bland leading the bland. Okay, okay go ahead. Uh, Rick Santorum uh, worked with Drew Liebman, so he invoked a prominent Jewish lawmaker who had, in fact, worked with before. Former Pennsylvania senator described his work on the Armed Services Committee, where I worked with Joe Lieberman, trying to transform our military from a Cold War force to one that was going to deal with, we called it at the time, asymmetric threats now called terrorism. Like, I, I know I know a Jewish guy once. I, I know a Jewish guy. I worked with I have him. a friend. With, I'm a Jewish friend. I Shit, swear. Wait a minute. Who do I know? Lieberman. Ah. Lieberman. <laughs> I eat hollow bread. Keep going. What is this? Not to be outdone, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham suggested oh, God. I may have the first all-Jewish cabinet in America. So he's offering jobs, I think. He's offering. So it's <laughs> think, okay. It's a job creator for the Jews. Got it. And uh, Pataki, uh, former New York governor, oh, uh, bid farewell in Hebrew. Uh, and I won't uh, pronounce it, uh, but his translation via Google is be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Uh, so I'll, uh, we saved the best for last. Yeah, what's um, the best? Donald, man, the Trumpster. The Trumpster. Yeah. He's got, he's got a whole video full of I shit. I bet he does. That could ever happen to Israel. And I, I, I'll be that. And the re- I know why you're not going to support me. And, you know, you're not going to support me because I don't want your money. You don't want to give me money, okay? But that's okay. You want to control your own politician. That's fine. Good. But I will tell Think about that, folks. Think, don't worry about it. I understand. Hey, I, five months ago, I was with you. Who was better than me? Who is better than me? I gave $350,000 to the Republican Governors Association. I never even got a letter of thank you. Trump-tastic. He had a bunch of just ridiculous things, but... uh the, he is ridiculous. Uh, he was saying uh, about uh, the Iran nuclear this deal. horrific murder Oops. underscores. Stop playing it, buddy. Uh, on the Iran nuclear deal, is there anybody that doesn't negotiate deals in this room? This room negotiates them, perhaps more than any other room I've ever spoken in. You're not going to support me. And then he said, because I don't want your money. And then uh, in his defense, the and that, this is strange, but in his defense, the Anti-Defamation League later issued a statement saying context is everything. And they don't think that Donald Trump's intention was to invoke anti-Semitic stereotypes. Well, you know, maybe his intention wasn't but this fucking intent business that's what he intends to do he just said a bunch of racist shit and um that's about it yeah fuck that dude so that was the uh, the beginning, and then uh, he, he continues. The more like fucked up shit, and the more fascist he seems to be, the more uh, he seems to be leading in the polls. Yeah. And I saw this nugget on CNN, uh, and it wasn't to say buried, but uh, in the article talking about him having a twenty point lead. Okay, right. he's not just leading in the yeah, polls; he's like a two to one margin. I think over that like closest the, person. he's like thirty six points ahead of Jeb Bush. Correct, like, for real. Correct. Um, but so they had a breakdown that I hadn't seen before, and I thought like. 
like it was a bit of an aha moment for me. Um, so among college educated GOP voters, Trump isn't even number one. In fact, he's number four. Among college-educated GOP Who's voters, number one? Cruz, Ted Cruz at 22, Carson Rubio about tied at 19, and then Trump in fourth at 18%. So college-educated, Trump's at about 18%. Non-college-educated, a whopping 46%. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. I'm not here for class, uh, classism. I'm not, but I'm not trying to say classism. It's interesting. Uh, you know, th- I said it was a little bit of an aha moment for me, but then, uh, I don't know. I, I thought that interesting. I think that that... Uh, I don't know. But so I think he, it speaks more about the polls than anything else. And it's probably true. I don't, I don't think that it says much about because truthfully, Ted Cruz ain't that much better than Donald Trump. Let's not let's not let's not make it sound like like oh they want Ted Cruz. They're fucking brilliant. <laughs> like come on, let's let's not uh, let's not give too much stock into those college educated GOP voters because they still they still looking like straight up dog shit on whoever they're picking. Right. Not that we're looking much better, which I'm actually going to get into a little bit uh, in a little bit later. But um, I say we, and I would say the the progressive left. Agenda. Well, and you said polls and that's, uh, yeah, I think the polls are probably, that says most well, about the polls. I think that in the polls, I imagine college and non-college educated individuals are represented equally. And that's not going to be the case in actual voting. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, so activists repeatedly interrupt Trump's speech in rally. This happened yesterday at a Trump rally uh, in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. Um, I think it was Friday night, not yesterday. Oh, was it Friday night? My yeah. bad. Sorry. Uh, Todd Zimmer, an activist affiliated with showing up for racial justice, uh, who took part in demonstrations with his fiance, Black Lives Matter, and immigration advocates also took part in the disruptions. Uh, Zimmer filmed his disruption, which occurred as a candidate discussed Syrian refugees. Um, Zimmer began to... Chanting uh, when Trump started saying things like, we don't want these people coming to the United States. And if I win, they're going back. They've got to go back. The crowd cheered. And then Zimmer started chanting, no Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA over and over again. I actually think it's a good chant. Um, and then the co- crowd, surrounding crowd started booing him and shoved him. And um, he, he likened it to kind of being in a mosh pit. A police officer scored him and his fiance who he says was also struck by Trump supporters from the, the venue. They, they instantly, like th- like dozens of them converged, putting their signs over him and pointing at him and then like knocking him around. It was, yeah. was kind of like, I don't say scary, but... Yeah. It, I mean, it, even when he did like a pan of the of the room, it, it looked like a Klan rally. Like it was re- like really frightening. I keep hearing in my mind the Pink Floyd song uh, where he's like, there's one standing over the corner over there. Right. Get him out of here on the spot. Like they just, you know. Right. Yeah, it was like crazy. It was definitely fascist like. Uh, he said that Trump's whistle is not a dog whistle. It's just a whistle. Uh, he's bringing racism overtly and clearly into American rhetoric. And we need to say it's not acceptable. Uh, 25 protesters were removed from the event over the course of the evening. Uh, the venue held approximately 7,800 attendees. They didn't arrest anyone. They just escorted them out. That's interesting. Uh, listen right here, yo. I even tweeted. That's I even tweeted a lot. I've been very critical of Surge and saying I want them to do actions and have white <coughs> people doing actions in spaces where yeah. white people have access and agency, like. 25 black folk at a Trump rally wouldn't get fucking in the, you know, they just, I'm not saying that wouldn't happen, but y'all would stick out in a very different way than 25 white people. Right. And the 25 white people didn't get arrested. They just got escorted out of the building. That is significant. That is yeah. significant. 25 black protesters, they would have found a reason to say you touched a cop, you looked at a cop, you breathed on the cop, you sneezed on the cop, you tripped on the cop, you're getting charged with battery, obstruction, justice, whatever. whatever. Any fucking number of things. And the, the group, there was another group of, 
uh, again, like immigration, immigration activists yeah. outside that blocked three of the four exits and forced Trump uh, people that were there uh, for the thing to walk like a half mile around and see all of them. Like they just took up public space. Yeah. And like you're not getting out. Fuck Which you. is interesting because if you remember the Black Lives Matter um, activist who was kicked and punched a block yep, man at same, a Trump thing. Exactly. Afterwards, Trump had said on Fox and Friends that he should have been roughed up. Uh, so at the start of this rally, the first person that started, um, I think that her chant was all lives matter when black lives matter was the chant that she was doing. And um, Trump said, make sure that young lady is in beautiful shape. Wow. To the pro to, to the rest of the people. But as th- it was 10 times, he was interrupted before he finally left. He kept the stage. Counting. That's number but four. as his frustration seemed to grow, he called for security to get the protesters out of here. So it kind of was like, um, there's some video here. I'll play. It was his shortest uh, stump speech. ever. Menards has the power. Fucking autoplay ads. Autoplay ads. Yeah, it was his shortest stump speech, if you call it that. I like to call it a comedy routine, but whatever. So let's see. Here's some. It was on Rachel Maddow. Got big news. I think he came back. I think he came back. No, there's Don't worry more about of him. him. We'll do this quickly. We'll do this quickly. One people. So that's the okay. USA. Good job. Good job. Good Individual job. people. But they're all friends. They all want to make havoc. We are sitting on something. <coughs> Hillary. Hello. Booing. That's his supporters, dude. That yeah, that's his fervor, supporters. The rhetoric. He's pointing thank at you. them and he's saying, like, get them out. The security thank is going you. to get them. He says thank you to them. Isn't it a shame? Look at this. Thousands of people are pouring in and we have to get rid of one person. He's wasting our time. Look at all the people coming in. All right, take them out, please. Take them out. You know, really, it is amazing. With all, look, at all, look at the people pouring into this room. With all of the people here, we have to waste time on one or two people. It's really ridiculous, I'll tell you. It really is. Pretty much the same response. The crowd, the crowd is just like, oh, and, and, you know, it's ugly. just it's so gross. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, you were talking about Surge. Go I on. I've been hard on Showing up and for racial justice. I've been tough to the on white them. Folks and uh, and the, my, my, my tough on them has been generally, you know, the same critique of a lot of anti white racist activists, uh, people that I could look up to. Like, you know, people, hey, who can I learn from? Uh, it seems to be all about waking up more white people. It's mm-hmm. just like, hey, let's do this to, to do what? To wake up more white people. And it's like, yo, there's, there's demands already. There's shit that needs to get done. Like, can't we as a group of white people organize to do something other than wake up more white people? This mythical, like, once we wake up enough white people and then, like, okay, and then what? Like, what are we going to do? Uh, and I thought this was good. I thought it was a concrete action. I thought it was uh, against uh, a fascist who's running for president. And 
Uh, I think it brought a lot of attention. I thought it was organized and well done. And uh, I think it was exactly what white people need to do in white spaces where white people have access and, and can get in and won't get arrested. That right. is exactly the kind of thing that needs to get done. So I give a little hats off to Surge uh, and their, I think it was Virginia or Rally North Carolina uh, chapter. And uh, there's a couple people I follow. I don't know their names. I'll have to get it on the show notes that um, were really part of that action. So shout out to them. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I said, I have been critical. And I think um, – I don't know that critique is sometimes valid. I think you had some something came across your purview. You want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I saw. You know, Giving Tuesday was this past week while I was away, which is you know a big day for um, non nonprofits and organizations to ask for people to spend uh, or donate uh, money and and things like that to purchase with them for the holiday season. Um, so it's been going on for I don't know as long as I can remember. Anyway, so Many this years. Giving Tuesday, uh, Serge um, rolled out membership. For the first time, monthly paid membership. I'll just quote from their their post that they say, this month's surge is rolling out membership for the first time to be a powerful and nimble force for racial justice. Surge needs to be able to count on individuals like you and me for financial support. Surge is asking each of us to become a monthly donor, ensuring the consistent and sustained support this movement needs each month. This is this person writing it is, is in her voice, Rebecca. Each month I give $12 to grow Surge's work for racial justice. Will you join me? Um, and then she says, uh, she goes on to say that I know that my donation goes to help support young people just beginning their journey in activism as well as seasoned organizers who have wisdom to share. My donations help keep me in the fight for racial justice even while I'm putting my I'm busy putting my kids to bed. Black families love their children as fiercely as I love mine. So while I'm asking you to support Surge, I'm committed to making sure that we also grow the power of black-led racial justice organizations. We ask all Surge's donors to give an equal-sized donation to a black or people-of-color-led racial justice organization. If you'd like a suggestion, check out this list, and they have a list of some organizations. Um, and so they're making this pitch for people to give, you know, between, I think, between 10 and $20 a month or something to them. So I hadn't seen that before. No, that was new. So that was new. And, you know, and I when I first saw it, uh, I, 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 so I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's got some of the right things. We're asking to donate to Black Led Liberation Organizing as well, and mm. you know, but the the and I hate to say it, but my immediate thought was there isn't any sort of indication as to what you need the money for. Right. And I'm not trying to poke holes. You know, I, I don't. I'm not one to tear down someone that I, I generally don't like to tear down. I don't speak specifically at all about black led liberation organizing, like whatever black activists are doing. Like, I don't got a fucking peep about that, but I feel like this is kind of like, these are my people. Like, I feel like I have some right to be able to have a a comment or opinion about what they're doing. And my first thought was, you know, I don't know why, but I'd like to know what the money's used for. Um, You know, I think there should be a a beyond fair amount of transparency. Um, And I think we've seen already a couple, you know, we saw, what was it, JTA and JT and, you know, to some degree, not that that was the only issue, but a big issue that both of those groups had in talking about those organizations from Sean King was the lack of transparency around funding, around money, and specifically monthly contributions. And I think it'd be a little bit of a mistake to not have some dialogue uh, about, you know, hey, this is what it's for. And I, and I know people personally at Surge. Like I know, you know, Dara personally, like I've met her, I know her. Um, it's not a big organization. It's like one employee. Maybe they have a, a, their second employee ever now, right? Um, so I, I get it. They're not trying to like, I don't think they're making money. Like, I don't think there's any profit motive at all. Um, but I think it would be a mistake to not have, um, you know, an awful lot of transparency. I don't know why, but that just is my opinion that, and then you said something that I thought was really kind of brilliant. Uh, yeah, for me, it was kind of just like this plea to ensure that you also donate to a black led racial justice organization really like 
takes away the responsibility from Serge on, on that call to action. So it seems to me that a much more, um, well, at least to my ears, a much more accountable, be- a believable and accountable plea would have been, okay, if you want to give us $12, actually give us $24 and half of that money will go to be spread equally amongst this list of black led organizations. And just here, you click which one you want it to go to. Even if half, it's not that complicated, donation. you don't even yeah, have to. Let's yeah. just say like, these are the organizations we're donating to. They'll be receiving equal amounts of donations from those who donate to us. Half of what you donate, whatever you yeah. donate will go to these and black led you know, organizations. And they did have a list of, you know, reputable, good organizations. Sure, absolutely. Very good, including BYP and yep. things we talked about. Absolutely. Uh, but, and they did reference in the one letter that they have an accountability board or accountability mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Um, and I think they did a pretty good job. You know, I think there's always room for improvement. Sure, that would be and my suggestion that, for improvement. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's a, a, a big critique. Like I said, I've been... Uh, in the past, I would say very hard on them. You know, like overly well, I'll hard say on them. this: like, yeah, you've been very hard on them, and I'm just hard on white folks in general trying to do any of this work together. But I will say that it's interesting to me that a monthly membership fee, uh, model has been lever has been pulled with so little action previously to back it up. And from from me as a black person that does this work, like that's con- that's a concern and- because I know so many ensconced like well-developed do you know conducting huge actions nationally groups that don't have that model and haven't gone to that model yet um so i just think it's interesting when i saw it it really piqued my and that's why i think maybe that might where i'm coming from with the like desire for transparency right you know because i i I swear i read that they got some kind of endowment some sort of startup funding they have an employee they have servers they get you know, they have calls and they do things. They have costs. Sure. Let's, let's be realistic. There are costs. Uh, and I don't know what those costs are and whether they've run through their funding. But they've been around for since 2013, maybe, after the death of Trayvon Martin, I think. Yeah, 2013. So they've had, you know, two years to, to do what they can do. And, and again, I'm not trying to be a dick and, like, blow up their spot and be like, show me every penny you've done. But, like, like you said, there are people that do – I, uh, I, like you, have seen very effective and nimble and not very high cost – work being done and I'd hate for the most prominent white activist organization to devolve into a hierarchy model of top down kind of and I also just think that there's this level of like to me when you make a plea for people to give you money like I would want to see what you've done in order to justify me giving you that money much less on a monthly basis and I guess that's what I'm trying to get at it's like okay um, I wouldn't have even started making a plea for such a long term commitment from folks until like you've showed me what that long term commitment would look like even if it's in a small space like let's say they took one area and they they did like you know effective actions that were really about like i even the letter that like did this announcement thing it was like so centering on that person and how it was going to make them feel and, and i find uh, it weird uh, here's the thing and i know i could tell when we were reading it together and you we talked about it off the podcast uh and i said this about uh, our friend absurdist words who's been on fergus response network and uh, i'll share his tumblr on this as well he's got a great tumblr with like how to talk to black people about race. And it was written specifically for white people. And he takes a very, you know, like goddamn near like contrite and jovial tone because white people are so fucking fragile. Right. And I'm not saying that this is exactly the same. And I'm not, it's hard to, the two, it's like the chicken or the egg, you know, the variables that would 
end up with the outcome being this letter written as the way it was written? Is it that they deliberately chose to frame it in language that was sort of going to like play at the sort of like white kind of like sentimentality and like like even the the one woman who reading her thing like I can feel good even when I'm tucking my babies into bed because right. I've donated every month, which is it's, like what? It's, a, it's a little weird, but again, it's like did that come out because of that's just like you're centering it on whiteness and that's just like that just how it came out or was there some deliberate like listen we're trying to get money and we know our people like i don't know you know what i'm saying like i don't know and i don't know but, how I, the but i also like look at you know the messaging from a group like this needs to be a part of how they do this work and like your integrity and in how you choose to express your message is critical well and, Serge, and so to allow that language to come through I like it just shows like organizational I, 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 problematic I, I'll say this I'll say this regardless you know, of who you target I, I, I was like I don't want surge to devolve into like a hierarchical top down like you know I don't know what like you know just organization that like isn't doing really good work but it's taking in a bunch of money and has a high profile but doesn't really do anything in the end right like we, we have right. enough of those there are plenty I'm not going to name them but there are plenty of groups like that uh, what you're talking about I'd say the people that you work with and the work that you do I would categorize as radical you know, I don't mean that in a bad way, and that I really don't. Like it's just, you know, like primarily on the more radical spectrum of things. Surge, I don't think they're ever going to be radical. In fact, the, when I was talking with that one friend uh, who's no longer online, but had the white radicals in America, and you know, uh, yeah. it, was, it was because I thought Surge wasn't radical enough, right? And that never took off either. He got like. 20 people to sign up and no one ever learned to do anything. Right. But I think that you don't have to be radicalized to not to, to ensure that the messaging coming from your organization is not um, inappropriate in that manner. Like the idea that anybody should feel like giving $10 a month should make them feel better about um, racial justice when they put their kids to bed, that's a problem. Yeah, I hear you on that. The concept that. of that is a problem that. and that that's the messaging it's, you chose to put out is hella it's, problematic. It's like you and I have talked on this podcast about, you know, to get white people to see the light, there's different like, you know, I don't know what, like I was just talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, I've engaged with thousands of people and I think I've had like two successes and one like reverted back to being like a horrible person, right? right? And I don't know that what's going to work. I don't think anyone's found that magic bullet, but we've talked about like, oh, could this work? Could that work? And one of the things that like, you know, may come up, but is it appropriate to use as a leverage point for white people is the financial cost that, that you know, like anti-black racism has a financial cost to white people in terms of like imprisonment and, you know, uh, the lawsuits with police. There's like, there's, you could add numerous ways that it costs white people financially. But then is that an argument that like, I don't know. Is that like, I don't want to say fair or right to make. I think you can make that argument about policy changes because I think that's what you talk about in policy changes is what the effects well, of the I'm, policy I are guess going to you're be. Talking about policy, but that's not but, what this is. And I'm talking about, I was thinking more broadly, like if you're talking about that in policy, okay, but then like morally to get somebody to come but see the light. But there's nothing moral about, about using money, money. To, to, there's nothing moral about that. So I don't think that that argument that's not applies. A fair, it's not a fair But analogy. I do think that that's a fine argument to make in any policy. When we talk about legalization of marijuana, we talk about those things. You have to. When you're talking to constituents about the effects of something happening or not happening, of course fiscal um, repercussions are going to be at the, not just uh, part of often the center of it. That's your pitch. Your pitch no, but is you're what right. is this is, doing this is very now. different. But though. this is this something different. else. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, it just, it hit me wrong. I'm not saying anything about the for those reasons it hit me in, in not a great place, but we'll move on. I saw this really funny video about interracial kissing for the first time. 
I saw that too. And I wanted to play it because I just thought it was really hilarious because the white dudes, it's white dudes and black women and they were just It seems playing. like it's going to be a series. So they're gonna Is do, it? Yeah. Play this one. For the first time kissing scene one, take one. What's up, guys? My name is Paul Alaya. My name is Precious. My name is Jeremiah Watkins. I'm Sherelle. And today, I'm going to kiss a black woman. I'm going to be making out with a white boy. I'm kissing a black girl for the first time today. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like we're going to do it. Love it. <laughs> Jeremiah's super excited. I've never kissed a black excited. girl before. I'm not sure what it is. I feel like they just don't feel the same way. Too excited. It's like kissing a wall. I've never tried. I didn't have enough confidence earlier in my life. I will say this, He's though. He's going, never going back, Jeremiah. I'm telling you right excited. now. excited. They don't have lips. It's kind of hard to kiss a white dude. Everyone <laughs> looks at you and they're like, man, he's a pill. But I think you got to bring your A game whenever you're approaching a black girl. That's Jeremiah. I hope they can, like, follow through. I'm going to make out with her, make her fall in love. Right, here we go. Precious and... Too bad. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hi. I'm Jeremiah. Jeremiah. I brought Cheryl. protection. She brought spray for their breath. Mm-hmm. What's your name? Give the fuck. Are you gonna kiss me or what? <laughs> Jeremiah's going for it. She pulled her back in, first mm-hmm. of all. He pulled her back Ooh. in. Yes. That was good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Paul was shockingly way better than I expected. <laughs> you working way with better. something. Okay. Like, you working with I mean, something. looking at him, it was kind of like, this ain't going to be shit. But then when I kissed him, I'm like, uh-oh, he got a little something. Look at him, this ain't going to be shit. Well, clearly. I don't know all white boys have soft tongues, but this one does. So this one's a winner. I'm hard. As he should be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she lined up the white boy. It's a W for today. I would kiss a black girl again, you know. I'm still on the fence. I need a little bit more, like, convincing, but... Do you need some more convincing? Good. Sure. Okay. They kiss again. He's got game. <laughs> Oof. And now, I'm gonna kiss every race in the world. I guarantee you. Paul's face is like... Even though the exterior is just not a hundred... <laughs> that kid exterior. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, one second. He says, Would you kiss a black girl again? He literally went back and started kissing this girl again. Jeremiah is not going back, just letting you know. So be aware. I, I, I got something for you. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Don't Fucking sleep. Lee from SWV. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be feeling I'll the, be white feeling the white boys too. too. Don't, Don't sleep. sleep. Don't you know sleep. it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Um, yes. You got excited. Somebody followed you on Twitter this week. Well, that yes. made your day. Yeah. So speaking of interracial, uh, and I'm just getting that vine so I can put it up here with you and put it here so we got it for the genres. Yeah. We need Lily's vine up in there. Yeah, Lily's uh, So we were watching The Wiz, and uh, you remember CNN said something like, you know, the only way to watch The Wiz is on black Twitter. With black Twitter. Watch black Twitter. Watch fuck. Because it's a zoo, and Look you can watch the black people interact culturally. We know, we know you're not allowed to touch their hair anymore, so just watch them so on just black Twitter. Just watch them on black Twitter. Guys. Uh, that's my CNN voice. Uh, so you made a comment to, because Cheska made something like, you know, like, I said something too, like, there are all kinds of white people up here, like, what the fuck is Molly Wild? Yeah, I <laughs> think, know, like, I think, um, Cheska Lee said that, damn, that, like, Patrick shame. was completely confused by, if, if, oh, right, her if, husband, was English Patrick. being spoken. And I said, yeah, very white guys had that 
he speaks AAVE quite well now, but when we first started dating, my favorite incident was we were at a party or something. I think it was somebody's birthday party in Chicago, and my friend Tia, shout out to Tia, was dancing, and I was like, oh, Lord, Tia's about to show her ass. No, you, you said, Tia's out there showing her ass again. Right. You said you, that. Right. And you go, wait, her, her, ass, her, her ass is out? Do you need to cover it? And I was like, oh, I took it literally. Literally. So that, that's been there. And so I, I wrote back to you and Jessica something like, uh, you know, the fuck? Why are you putting my business out here? Oh, on these Twitter streets. And what I should have done is just fucking use the, the image of the dude standing on the toilet seat. Why are you always lying? Just, just the picture. We had to use the vine. Just the picture. But so uh, shout out to Jessica Ramsey Lee. She followed me. You're very excited for Francesca Lee. I, I low key am in love with her. I'm aware. I know. Was she podcast? She got away husbands. All kinds of fucking like mm-hmm. you know. She got them locks. I know you love her locks. <sighs> All right, enough with the Jessica. I, I, I probably should not make a comment about her hair. <laughs> I'm just gonna like resist. Her hair is gorgeous. What are you talking about? Oh my god! I don't want to be like inappropriate. It's just it's not inappropriate. It's just she has gorgeous hair. So she's gorgeous. and she does gorgeous she things with it. So uh, I found on, on uh, she after she found me, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't uh, looked at her timeline very much and this that. But she shared something about uh, Tyrese Gibson uh, free booting. And uh, it's a concept I had never heard First of before. Tyrese Gibson ain't shit, generally speaking. So this did not surprise me when you mentioned it to me. He's the most <laughs> ain't shit dude on the internet, especially Facebook. Oh, anyways, go ahead. So the the the, the lead is uh, don't be sharing Tyrese Gibson's Facebook posts. Stop it. Okay. Uh, so and I was not aware of this, but according to Brandon Silverman, CEO of social media analytics tool CrowdTangle, the singer turned actor is ranked 14 in terms of the most followers gained by any celebrity over the past year. Wow. His 10 million new followers beats out big name celebrities like One Direction, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, Kim Kardashian, and Channing Tatum. Damn. Facebook has been kind to celebrities like Gibson, who use its service as a publishing platform. International icon Shakira, who takes the number one spot for most followers gained this past year, has a mass popularity by sharing intimate moments from her life with her millions of fans who in turn share those updates with their family and friends. That's how Facebook's designers would prefer it, that Facebook users stay on Facebook rather than send them to external sites. Their choices are subtle but effective. On Facebook, you display a embedded, if I put a Facebook onto Facebook, it pops up automatically, it's larger, it plays, whereas if I put a YouTube link or a YouTube video, it's smaller, you have to press a button. So they do all these little things and uh, people like Gibson or his team have been uh, taking advantage of that by publishing things without attribution. Mm. Uh, so this is uh, so the fifth most popular Facebook post of 2014 with nearly 86 million views at the time published uh, was on but it was watermarked ABC's funniest home videos. Okay, mm. but instead it's hosted on Gibson's Facebook page. So he just uploads the video. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Just take it with your camera phone. You know how, how you can you get the camera video. phone the video. Sure, you can. You can take a video. You can steal and capture a video in a variety of ways. Oh. I could play the video and use a screen capture tool like Camtasia on my desktop. I could play it on my um, TV and then hold my phone up and record it. However, you get it. He got it. And uh, again, it was the fifth most popular viral video. 80 some odd four million views. And he doesn't necessarily get the juice. Like he doesn't get the ad roll money. That still goes to YouTube where it was originally hosted maybe. Or maybe Facebook. Because I don't think he's getting paid from Facebook. But no, but maybe ads or something. I don't yeah. know how it works. Well, and here's the worst part. Okay. So you know how you can upload videos and have links and shit? Guess what the link goes to? What's it go to? One of Tyrese's albums on iTunes. Surprise. So it's been shared and got 80 some odd million views. I told you he ain't shit. 
Yeah, so and the seventh most popular Facebook post of 2014 was another ripped video. Uh, it was a man cutting shark pups from a beach dead mother. Uh, the body of the text reads, This is crazy. Man helps dead shark give birth to three babies. Tyrese's latest solo album, Black Rose, is coming. Like my page, Tyrese Gibson. Mm. So it's a little shady. And uh, I don't know if, if Cheska coined the term, but freebooting is the way that they've described it. Because um, you're kind of like bootlegging, getting shit for free, uh, but it's kind of weird. Um, I didn't know that that was what he was doing. Yeah, I would have never like. Well, I, that doesn't surprise me. He's doing like I said, he shit. But um, yeah, I think DL Hughley does that too. So I'll say that too. Oh, I'm sure he's not the only problematic quasi celebrity that's like you know trying to do all this. Let me get shit. 10 million new followers. <laughs> <laughs> and you could almost look at the list and be like, wait a minute, why is? Tyrese Gibson up there. Why is D.L. Hughley in the top five gaining all these people? What, they, they got movies out. He hasn't had an album out in forever. What are they doing? Oh, I get it now. <laughs> Free booting. So shout out to Cheska and her husband. Yes, shout out to them. Patrick. Patrick. Um, so Talk about some television? Well, we're talking about television and movies. We went to see fucking Creed on Thanksgiving oh, Day. God. Yo. Ash, it was just too good, dude. It was, it was so, so good. good. No spoilers. We don't spoil no, no, on no. here. But I'm just saying, like, it was so good. I want to see it again. And you know, it was so good. The music was epic. It was so good. The cinematography was ridiculous. It was so good. Michael B. Jordan was a beast. It was so good. Sly Stallone should get a supporting Oscar nomination. That is how good this fucking movie was. The movie was a fantastic. The ridiculous. acting was great. The script was ridiculous. great. Ridiculous. Everything was done really, really Everything. well. And it was so. Fucking Philly! Uh, oh my god, it was the most Philly. Oh my god! It was like they're having a, a race to see who could out Philly. Who could uh, out Silver Philly Linings Silver Playbook? Yeah. And they fucking knocked the shit out of the park. They, they have an entire scene where they explain what the word John, John means. Oh, a gonna, whole fucking we're, scene. We're gonna have a DVD. That's gonna be in the a whole I, scene, y'all. DVD will probably come out like April. Maybe April, May. Yeah. And uh, right away we'll have that. Oh, yeah. It'll be well, a, that'll be the Opening clip. credits, yeah. John. They explain <laughs> what John means. Anything and everything. Anything. That's a John. This a John. That's you a John. John. You a this John. This is a John. I'm a John. The interracial John. The yeah. interracial so, John. So they didn't say that part, but we'll no. just pretend. Like. It was good. It was really, it was just really, really so good. good. Can't say enough about it. Go see it. Go see it. Go see Michael, it. Michael, uh, in preparation of his role, mm. uh, he had about a year. That would be Michael Michael B. Jordan, for y'all who don't know. We're on first name. Yeah, call him first name basis, apparently. Me, Michael. <laughs> uh, he in, for a year, okay, for a year, ate like nothing but like lean chicken and fucking like you know vegetables and like lean proteins and brown rice and shit. So like super healthy diet. Worked out three times a day, six days a week. Jesus, and it shows, man. He was he put on probably twenty five pounds of fucking muscle. He was enormous. He looked like a boxer. Which is good. No, he. I mean, he was a boxer. He, yeah, let's not looks it, like he was. Let's a not boxer. get it twisted. Like that was crazy. The movie was so so good. Can't say enough about it. Go see Creed. Have we told way. people about our, our theaters upgrade? Did we talk about that on last podcast? I think we did talk about the last upgrade. Yeah, podcast. We're gonna see more we, movies now. They get the uh, like seats, every dude. movie. We gonna be going to the movies. We going to the movies seats. to motherfucking day. Them shortly, seats, shortly. As a matter of fact, we're gonna go be going to the movies. So the Good Wife. Yeah, I thought there's been a couple different shows, and we never even watched the SVU Law and Order SVU had a Black Lives Matter we're not episode. Watching SVU about nothing. It I was actually it was, pretty good. Was it? I heard from people it was pretty good. I don't know about all that. Anyways, there's been a lot of television writers incorporating race, race, and, and conversations current, yeah. surrounding race. And The Good Wife, much like they do every motherfucking thing else, just manages to have these nuanced, difficult scenarios and conversations that are so fucking real. You yeah. know, where you see uh, a white person or group of white people's intent not being. Um, 
not wanting to be offended, offensive, but acting so shittily with regard to race and being called on it by a black person and all of the, the different nuance in it. So this week's episode dealt with it on a couple of different layers. And I would highly recommend folks watch, even if you don't care about the B plots, which are a little more long-term arc, the short-term arcs on this episode were pretty much the bulk of the episode. And it was just plus Eli's really dating good. fucking Miss America, Yo, dude. They got was- hella black and white fucking Carrie. Yeah. Carrie's trying to date Luca. This mm. shit is on fleek. And, I, and I, I, I love her. She's probably my favorite black woman on TV right now. That's funny. Cause when we met, that's how my hair was. I know. <laughs> I love it. She's, I, I just, I just really adore her. I don't know. She's about super this. cute. I love Luca. And of course we cannot leave talking about TV and movies without talking about the Wiz Live on NBC which was fucking so much beautiful blackness on fleek I don't even know what to say about it I just enjoyed every minute of it I loved live tweeting it with all my black brethren out there it was just so 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 good Um, I'm gonna link to uh, Feminista Jones she used hashtag jonesing for the Wiz and she tweet she tweeted a bunch about the cultural context about the Wiz and kind of the different ways that it, it should be looked at through a lens of um, social justice and freedom for black people. And it, she did this amazing storify for it. And I'll be sharing it because it was so, 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 so amazing. And her putting it in these contexts was so amazing. And um, also her PayPal link to pay her because you should always give black women your money is at the end of the um, storify. So check that out, first of all. And then we had a couple people that... Um, had the blavity, had the. And I just eight. want to say uh-huh. before you get this, you know, I said this. Like, you said you were like already. Right, maybe coming. like there was the first thing that was like something about I can't remember what it was, but then as soon as they said why the shade mm-hmm. and other thing, I said, oh my god, someone's gonna write the top ten blackest moments on the Wiz yeah. last night. It's yeah. definitely gonna come. And, sure. I, and I shouldn't say the blackest, but it should have been like the 2015 most updated moments you know yeah. what i'm saying like the no. language i would say blackest so let's <laughs> let's not call you can, it i can yes, definitely that so ain't my blavity came out with first in the definitive ranking of the eight blackest moments of the Wiz live um at number eight an ode to voguing which originated in black gay culture dazzled everyone and this was in the um scene of the of the um emerald city so it was like all voguing and beautiful and queer and awesome and i loved it um the tornado sequence and everyone's reaction. Uh, there's a couple of tweets on that. I love how passionate black people are about us. We hyping everybody at home like, yes, nigga, be that wind, be that strong Nubian tornado. Like everybody was all into the people being the tornado. Um, the wind started swelling. All of black sort of was like, come through wind. You better blow. It was hilarious. Uh, the lion and the poppies dance moves for sure. I could, I could be them poppies. Them poppies was popping. Twitter, Twitter's Mm. poppies comments, like, and then there was like some sort of like thought poppies, like it just went all Mm -hmm. over the place. But that shit was was lit, dude. Yes, Uh, common and potential Emerald City inhabitants. (laughs) That was they had a whole bunch of people. Um, When Mary J. Blige amazed people when she managed to remind us of our black mothers and aunts while she hit the quan which was pretty funny or when uh amber riley dazzled audiences with her amazing vocals she fucking slayed she did the time and, go ahead I, when, when amber I, I don't want to say i didn't see that from her on glee oh yeah as much but i was like i was like oh that's mercedes that's great you know blah, blah. and then she just that, that first time i was like whoa yeah whoa yeah. whoa yeah, she i mean fucking blow. like i don't know if they held her back on glee I think maybe was, i stopped watching it, it was much. a reoccurring thing that she'd always be like well i'm sick of being my voice is better than yours rachel and yeah. you know, all y'all wait for me to do is one big nice note at the end and it's bullshit 
She killed it. She fucking killed in it. The, in the long tail of that show, she's the one that goes on to have commercial success, just FYI. Of Glee? Uh, yes. Okay. Mercedes, the character. Okay, good for uh, Ryan. She becomes a recording star. So okay. FYI. Rachel just Dakota. Goes to, Rachel just goes to Broadway. Goes so. to New York. Not okay. just. I shouldn't say just, but she goes. That's her path. I got you. And uh, yes, she's like world tour, blah, blah, blah. All, all right, right, all right. Um, like the time that Neo managed to integrate his dab and hat into his costume. So he had a hat on both parts that he was in because he plays, you know, one of the handymen um, on the farm and then obviously the tin man during. He did the dab in his uh, coming all out. Slip, slip some oil to me, which is a very sexy song, by the way. And um, he put the dab in there. He did it a couple of times, but his hat, though, his hat. There was somebody on Twitter that hashtagged that hat or the hat, and just was like had all these pictures of him where he, the hat fell off for the one second, mm-hmm. and they had like I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a Neo's hat Twitter account. I gotta look it up right now. Yeah, there might be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. And then the shot black had the. The biggity blackest moments of the Wiz Live and why we loved it so much. Um, number uh, 11 was representation. When was the last time you saw a dark skin, full figured heroine goddess on primetime television when Shanice proclaimed she's so beautiful? Whilst Nigerian Love powerhouse it. Uzo Aduba uh, floated on stage, I could have fainted. All body types, complexions, hair textures, even a Latina moment, no problema, graced the stage tonight. That was pretty awesome. The aesthetics, the set, the costumes, the hair, everything. Speaking of hairstyles, did y'all see the Basquiat throwback to the Scarecrow costume? Oh, totally. Um, shout out to somebody who pointed out. Speaking of hairstyles, did, did you see those beards? My my twin Joan just turned me on to at post bad beards recently. Um, who found that asked me if I care. Okay. Black speak everything from Mary yelling out something about Dorothy's skinny ass to Neo's Molly Wop to Dorothy's conversate. The sound of black American vernacular took me back to my grandma's house circa every year of my life. The choreography Fatima Robinson put her foot in it. Jeffrey Holder has to be sitting somewhere smiling while the main crew um, could have put in an extra step or two in their footwork. The range of choreogra- choreographed genres uh, gave people what they wanted, especially for the millennials, the nene and the split stilt walking, the step and the quam, pure black genius. Mary J motherfucking Blige. Who knew Mary could actually with the, that's the 401. She gave us mean. She gave us shade. She gave us 1992. Uh, number six, black queer realness. There's no words. None. Wait, I lie. There are a few work, slay, serve. Paris isn't burning. It burned down and the kids showed they asses. I was about to feel something about them not singing the Emerald City sequence, but I changed my mind after those first few minutes of pure magic. I think son of Baldwin said it best when he said Oz being home to queer folk makes perfect sense. Um, whoops, hold on. Uh, those sexy poppies, period. That's all you gotta say about that. Orisha representation, which actually, um, Feminista hits on in her, in her, uh, Sorify. Baby's just me after all. I am a Awaya. And this is written by, uh, oh, just says Shop Black. So it doesn't say a person, um, at the moment. But the Wiz was definitely giving me Orisha realness. First, Amber Riley steps on stage with matriarchal everything in all blue, definitely giving us Yamea energy. Then Queen Latifah comes through with a thunder and lightning like my daddy, King of Kings, Sango. Um, 
She even said, I got a throne room. So that's interesting. When they do, where they do that at, somebody's clearly been all up in Orisa 101. Then Uzo drops down from the clouds wrapped in golden swaddling threads and white bow is bringing us home with ocean's re- regality. I could even make it a, take it a bit further and attribute the bravado and maroon aesthetics of Evelyn to Oya, the goddess of storms and winds of change. Whether it was intentional or not for the people of the Ocha community, it looked like a Yoruba cosmet- cosmological cosmological visual symphony uh the king i, I guarantee it was intended oh for they, sure they it was did intended. Not, yeah. when, when you look at feminist i really um suggest everyone read through her storify she actually shows pictures of each representations and it's like nah that was there was no way that was not Correct. intentional um number three the king queen child what i mean i haven't really gender bended since my tomboy days in high school but i can be queen latifah's understudy with the Broadway show, Queen Latifah was everything, and I do mean everything. If I had to give an award for best performance, I think she got it. She was a whole man child, not half of one, but a whole one. And then she was a miss again, and her skin and her highlights. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the crash course in intersectionality, feminism, class, race, queerness, it was all there. Discourse for all of us to engage, respond to, feel good, break down for our young ones, and smile about. And number one, of course, it was all black everything with the exception of the david bowie looking dude in emerald city <laughs> I, I, I really who could be from new orleans for all we know they say all the fucking like uh dumb ass white people that were like this is racist this is all racist. black cast of the whiz this despite the purpose of the whiz being the racist, racist. original all white version of mm-hmm. the wizard of oz but uh immediately oh immediately as soon as that white person on screen like three different people added me do you see this there's a white on it it's not all black there's a white person oh my god so of course we are entering into the final week and a half of star wars mania star wars the force awakens uh is opening shortly in a couple weeks we just bought our fucking tickets at the new fancy theater we're going uh, on opening night. Very excited about it. A uh, few things that came out this week. One was that the China poster for the Star Wars uh, shrinks John Boyega, one of the main characters of the movie, to like a tiny, tiny figure. Whereas on the U.S. and U.K. posters, he's like the three, one of right. the three main biggest pieces of it. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> they made him like a tiny, like little figure. We'll have to do a discussion about anti-blackness in uh I guess Asia. Yes. Uh, the second thing that came across my, my feed, actually courtesy of one Ava DuVernay, was that if you use hashtag John Boyega, he has his own fucking emoji on Twitter. It's a little black dude. It's fucking awesome. And he's so badass. And everybody should just be hashtagging John Boyega just because so everybody can see his beautiful emoji. And God I love him. I love when they do that. When they And I figure they have to pay for it. I don't know how they do it, but well, it's, should, it's always been movies. I did hashtag like Hunter Yes, I'm saying. I haven't seen it the, for a person before. Well, well, but it, it's a movie. It's a character. He's not a character. Though. I understand. I'm saying that, like, is he going to be the character of the Star Wars John Boyega hashtag in 30 years? I doubt it. There's probably a time limit. Oh, they, maybe. I, I bet you I still Disney haven't seen, or ABC I haven't paid seen, for it. I, even whether, whether they – whoever it's, paid for it, my point is I haven't seen it done for a person. I agree. But a it's character still to a I movie. could see, but not a person. Because yeah. John Boyega is not the name of the character. I hear you. And I don't think they did it for any of the other – actors I, so I, uh, you know like i said it's awesome so it's so cool won't she do it uh and the last thing we came across and this will actually be the last thing we have on the show because we're running pretty close yeah, we gotta get going uh was uh darth vader had a little song for everybody so here here he goes that <laughs> happened hello it's me I was wondering if you're going to see the new Star Wars movie. It looks good and everything. 
But I'm not in it as I died in Star Wars number three. Hello from the dark side. <laughs> Are you ready for another ride? Make sure when you see it, you're totally baked. Star Wars number seven. The force is Thank you, totally <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Darth. Darth Vader. Thank for you, that, Darth Vader, for that little that advice. Thing. So I think, uh, yeah, we got to get to the movies our damn self. Yeah, we're late as shit. Dude. Here we go. All right. Where's my? Oh, I thought you were gonna. Oh, wait, wait. wait. What are you doing? Good night, everybody. High five.